Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Now, Jamie, I feel I don't often ask things of you. You know, sometimes I send you the audio late and I'm like, can you edit it? And you're like, sure. You know, I'm very far away, so I can't ask for too much, I feel. But uh, I feel Mm -hmm. this week in particular, it's uh, really important that I ask for, you know, something near and dear to my heart, which of course is an apology letter. Okay, Jamie? (laughs) As it turns out, you lied to myself. Uh, the people of this podcast, and maybe worst of all, yourself, uh, when last week uh, you took a test. No, 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 Al, oh, no. Al, Al yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, Al, if, if you want the apology letter, then let, don't spoil the apology letter. I will give you uh, an improvised apology letter, uh, throwing it back to some classic Hank's Bank uh, bits. So, dear Alexander, you have requested an apology letter for my mistruths, um, but I would like to clarify that uh, I was giving you the information that I was provided at the time. Mm -hmm. On last week's episode, in the episode, I was jovial. I was perhaps lackadaisical, unaware. (laughs) And I thought I had a little bit of a cough and I thought it would be quite fun to test, uh, do a lateral flow test live on the podcast uh, for COVID. Because, you know, I'd had COVID before. I was double vaxxed. I was sure it was basically impossible for me to have covid Mm. and i did that test and that test did live on the podcast turn up negative that was not a lie (laughs) well it wasn't a lie on my part apparently it might it turns out have been a lie on the covid tests part for 12 hours later in fact less than uh, around about eight hours later it was five o'clock in the morning I had slept around about 45 minutes because I was varying between uh, hot flushes and cold chills uh, and I was coughing up profusely. Uh, And so I I had already planned to, you know, maybe take uh, another test uh, later that morning, but I was still up at five o'clock in the morning. So I took another test and I did indeed test positive for coronavirus. Uh, So I do apologize. Uh, for for not for misleading you, um, because I didn't. <laughs> I was telling the truth of the information that was provided to me. Uh, but I do potentially apologise not to you, but I guess to the gods uh, for incurring their wrath with how jovial and flying in the face of COVID I was <laughs> in last week's episode. Uh, so Alexander, I am not sorry to you, uh, but I am sorry to the deities above. Uh, yours sincerely, Jamie has had COVID twice and the second time it was worse, even though he had two vaccinations. Jones. It's, uh, Jamie, not only have you had uh, COVID, you are part of an experimental trial group, all right? You, you, if, if anyone yeah. should be uh, immune to COVID, it should be you uh, who had served as all of our guinea pigs. Uh, and yes. so, you know... Uh, to, be cl- to be clear on what you're saying, uh, I'm on a... Co- my COVID vaccination is a trial vaccination. <laughs> I feel like that sounded very weird without the, the context. I got my vaccine uh, a couple months earlier. 
uh, because I ended up being on a trial okay. uh, for a, a, a as of yet unapproved uh, vaccine. <laughs> and you know what, lads? <laughs> Seemingly, <laughs> I, I can't recommend this one, boys. Stick with your Pfizer. All I'm going to say is if you maybe can get another vaccine, Jamie, I mean, and they say it's not going to kill you, maybe two. <laughs> Apparently, if you've had it twice on this vaccine... It's a uh, slightly uh, no, The first time I had it was before the vaccine. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, I would like to count that and it is possible for me to get another vaccine on this uh, trial. But last time when I went in for a session, yeah. um, they they really were like, the person working with me was really sad and was like, have you got another jab as well then? And I went, no, why? And she said, oh, loads of people have. It's kind of screwing with our trial. Well, <laughs> apparently, so I felt the, really bad. Apparently the vaccine is shit. Look, it's his... Okay, I'm a, it's Jamie, not shit. I'm a, even, I'm even a data not... analyst, all right? You didn't die. Okay. So that's great. All I right? didn't You're die. still well. You didn't go to and, bed. And later. I would like to say, while, the, while I apparently had COVID before, uh, and this time it was much worse because I actually knew I had COVID, which I didn't know the first time. Um, and I, you know, felt the symptoms for, for three or four days mm-hmm. and did feel really mm-hmm. quite rough. Um, I would like to clarify that um, I am a sickly little child. Uh, I never get, well, maybe I'm not a sickly little child. I don't really know what that means, but I never get ill. I, I never, that, ever get cold. The, I never what, get the flu. Okay. But what, what that sickly, means, Alexander, is when I do get What do you think the word sickly means? When you read probably in books, get Ill, he was a sickly child. Probably that they get ill all the time. Yes. But what I was going for in my brain was that when I do get ill, it hits me really hard because I'm not used to it. I react very poorly to being ill because I never really am. Famously, uh, when we went on holiday once and, and a bug went round our entire villa, yeah. um, I started to have basically existential crises. Mm. I was like, am I going to feel like this forever? Is my life over? What's going to happen to me? Jamie, um, are, you, so are you talking about the time when I you did got feel, a bug yeah. on holiday and we were sharing a bed and I made the bold decision to sleep outside for the last two nights so it's not to catch the bug and i ended up the only person who never got sick all right sleep outdoors people that's how you beat covid you you knew about social distancing before any of us (laughs) (laughs) you were way ahead of the game um but yes alexander to to move past the the bits of it all yeah i had fucking covid Uh, i am on day nine of isolation uh tomorrow is my last day of isolation Mm. um so i will be free the day after this episode releases and i'm very excited because i have felt mostly fine for the past three days um and so i've just been sitting in my room doing fucking and nothing the first thing you're gonna do how much longer is this trial all right how much longer do you have to not have another vaccine until you feel okay with having another one because um, all i'm saying is uh te- technically this this trial lasts for 12 months however i do get paid 50 pounds every time i do go in and see them Ooh. but to be fair i can i can go and get i will still get paid even if i go and get another vaccine but you know Thank here's you. my theory now al i now have four layers of protection mm-hmm. i have had double covid and double vaxxed i'm as protected as i could possibly be so you know maybe 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 i'll be fine i don't know i'll pro- i might get another vaccine the only reason i would actually get another vaccine is if this one doesn't get approved which means i'm not actually allowed to travel internationally because everyone's like what the fuck have you got what junk yard vaccine have you got i'm like oh i swear it works but apparently not really very well 
Oh, Jamie, look, here's what we got to know, though. You presumably, by this point, got to be the most immune person humanly possible. And if not, we sure. have to take it a step further, where, you know, being around you actively drives coronavirus away from other people. All right? You've got to be <laughs> so, so immune that you're just like robot Jesus in Detroit. You can just spread I mean, wokeness. I mean, I... I had the alpha alpha variant. I had the delta variant. I'm basically in a fucking frat now. I'm an alpha delta baby. Let's go. Me, me and all the alpha delta boys gonna get together and fuck your shit up. Apparently, Jamie, they better call you uh, Don Draper because you're an ad man. All right, you, my friend, are an oh, ad man. Oh, there through it is. He's made the joke that can finally make me go hello. Blanks Bank Season 2 The Hathaways That's right I'm Jamie Loxon And with me as always Is my co-host Al Gillespie Say hello Jamie this week We're gonna talk about A good film Alright We've been on a stretch You know <laughs> Last week Last week We had Anne Hathaway Colonizes China This time around She maybe destroys Seoul South Korea But you know It's on an upward trajectory From Alice Through the Looking Glass uh, you were making I, a noise I, there. I will, I will give you that it is better than last week's film. I'm not 100% we are going to agree on our <sighs> assessment of this week's film, though. Um, but sure, let's get straight into it, considering that was probably the longest cold open uh, we have ever had. Is I, before, I feel I can't tell whether my voice sounds different. I feel, I feel like COVID has changed my voice. Or maybe it's just that I'm still ever so slightly bunged up from it. It's... Uh... Um, you know, but it's giving me deeper, a, yeah. a nice lower register. Yeah, it's huskier. You know, I, I, I normally I think I hear your voice and I think, oh, a sickly boy. But now I hear your voice and I think that guy fucks. All right, that guy has like facial I mean, hair and fucks. Th- honestly, not right now. It is literally illegal for me to do so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's dive straight into it. This week, uh, we are talking about Colossal. Why are we talking about Colossal and why are we talking about Anne Hathaway films? Well, the aliens invaded and then we tried to prove our worth to make them join the, make us join the United States of Space through Tom Hanks movies. That didn't work, so they sort of apocalypse the whole world. You know, the only people who are left alive are the people who are listening to this podcast. So we're trying to find the films that will galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens. But you know, if you want to know more about that, listen to another episode because we apparently have a good film to talk about what this are week. you on you uh, son of a bitch all right let's get into this so um al uh of course every week we give a little bit of show context i'd we'd still call it show context two years later despite the fact 95 percent of the time it is about a film but film context sounds weird to me so can you give me a little bit of show context about Colossal, Colossal from 2016. of course. Uh, from 2016, starring Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Austin Stowell, uh, that guy who's also in Watchmen, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, he's also in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He plays the creepy face mask one in uh, Watchmen. You've yeah, got a little boy, Dan one Stevens. One of those actors that you definitely recognise. Yeah, Dan Stevens, of course, from uh, Downton Abbey, uh, as Jenny may know, and as others may know, as Legion from Legion. Uh, which is a cool film for the, a cool TV show for the first series and you don't need to watch more than that. And that's that. pretty much the entire like that's the entire cast of anyone who says more than like two lines. Oh yeah, 100%. It is, it's a really small cast. Now Jamie, uh, you might not know but in the first 30 seconds of this film I knew it was filmed. Okay? You know, I was watching this, uh, I was looking at it, okay. a cherry tree comes up and I went, this was filmed in Vancouver. And as it turns out, it was <laughs> in fact filmed in Vancouver. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is entering the special category of Anne Hathaway movies made in the place I currently live, uh, which is always good. Will Jamie ever have one? We'll find out. 
But yes, uh, filmed in Vancouver, also filmed up at Maple Ridge. Uh, you might be able to tell from the plentiful pine trees and the houses that look like they're in generic America. Uh, you know, really giving that special Vancouver vibe. Um, <laughs> outside of that, of course, uh, the film was directed by uh, Nacho uh, Vigalondo, uh, who's a Spanish director, uh, who also uh, directed a uh, film, which I believe is called Time Crimin- uh, no, like Time Crimes, uh, Chrono Crimines. Time Crimes, yeah. Uh, Time Crimes, yeah. Great name for a film. Uh, along with uh, Open Windows, starring... Uh, Elijah Wood uh, in more recent years uh, you know he's kind of done less directing uh, for the most part uh, I think Colossal was his last big movie uh, and then after that it's been was. a couple episodes of TV um, it didn't make a whole load of money only about, made about 3.5 million at the box office so obviously you know well uh, there's quite an, uh, quite a big reason for that Alexander do you know where this film was released? Uh, where was it released? no I don't know sorry for- Four countries, Canada, US, Spain, South Korea. Now, Canada and US, get it. South Korea, you know, parts of this film are, uh, are in Korea. Get it. Spain. <laughs> it's a very rogue one. It's weird to, to be in those countries that are very directly related to this indie film. You know, it doesn't get a big worldwide release, whatever. But then also Spain. But, oh, wait, no, I'm being a dum-dum Spanish director. Big dum-dum, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why it's released in Spain. Either way, either way, only released in four countries. Sure. Um uh, having originally been, you know, uh, uh, what what do they call it? Uh, you know, where they show films, the indie films, they show them at film, fe- film festivals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, originally being on the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, and actually I do like the story, nicking it off, uh, of course, nicking it from uh, Wikipedia. But apparently, uh, you know, and like Anne Hathaway at the time, as you might be able to tell, uh, hadn't really made an artistic movie for a while. The closest she got was uh, Nolan movies, which are very big budget movies in which she kind of cried in them or was... Yeah, I mean, I, let, let's let's just give a quick rundown of of well, I could say the last ten movies. We have Alice Through the Looking Glass, The Intern, Interstellar, Don Quixote. All right, she was only a small. Yeah, that doesn't count. Rio Two, Song One. Mm. So we've got Song One. It's probably been that's probably the last like attempt at like a. I don't know. I I don't want to be too mean about the other movies, but like, well, like the, the movies are great, but they are also like. Uh, you know, for the last however many Nolan films, like it, they've been like large action movies and like thinking movies yeah, more so a, than they a, are like a big movies. event movie. Yeah, like yeah, it's the great thing about a Nolan movie is that it's you, it's a uh, you gotta go see it in cinemas, right? Like the bigger screen you see it on, the better. Um, just forget about Tenet, don't worry. Uh, but uh, yeah, like it's it's good, but not necessarily the you know great movies, would, yeah, but not say... great movies for actors. Um, Since Les Mis, Song One has been the only one where she's had the opportunity to really explore a character. Yeah. Interstellar, there are emotional moments that absolutely show her acting range, mm-hmm. but they're really moments that punctuate your ability to to be invested in the film yeah. rather than the characters. And also to like sense. here, yeah, to stress like she won an Academy Award and then hadn't re- like other than maybe Song One hadn't really had a leading role in any film since. Um, you know, she did a lot of stuff, like you know maybe she's like a co oh, well, the, the intern well, kind of, it's... but like it's a Robert De Niro film, right? Like she's if she was put yeah. up an award of that, she'd probably be put up as best supporting actress. I think more so than yeah, actress. Allegedly, Jonathan Demme and I like you know what I want to stop for a second and just say I really really like that apparently according to this Anne Hathaway still hangs out with Jonathan Demme, uh, director of. Um, <laughs> Alice and also uh, the, the Rachel getting married, uh, uh, you know, uh, also director of um, Sons Lambs, you know, you know, so far we'll see after this. Uh, the director of my favorite Anne Hathaway film, 
Um, well, my favourite, like, the one I think is best. Uh, apparently he showed her a copy of A Field in England, which is uh, a so, movie by Ben Wheatley. I'm so sh- I'm, I, you just said so far and we'll see. My God, Alexander, I don't know how much we're going to disagree. Oh, oh, holy like, shit, I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that I really... Dis- I don't want to say... I don't want to set myself up like I'm really going to dislike this film. But holy shit, I think we might strongly disagree okay. on this so, so Jonathan Demme uh, shows that Field in England by Ben Wheatley. I, ma- I mentioned Kill List by Ben Wheatley in one of the earlier ones as uh, an incredibly disturbing horror movie. Uh, but Wheatley is like a very much a like super low-budget indie filmmaker. Um, she got the script. She liked it. Uh, I think that I think that's cool. I like you know what I mean. Like I appreciate that. Uh, sorry, the description of her. She found herself in a little bit of an autistic no man's land is uh, very apt. Uh, very apt for like the previous era of Anne Hathaway films. Uh, and so you know, I, I like that she did it. I like that she was like, I want to make something which tries. Yeah, I, I believe um, before we started this podcast, I was just looking through uh, this season. Sorry, uh, I was looking through um, Spotify or whatever and trying to find just any any podcast episodes about Anne, H- Anne Hathaway, any interviews with her, whatever. Uh, and the one I found was about this film or, or during the the press junket for this film. And I, if I remember correctly, one of the big things she expressed was like this was just a real opportunity for her to get into a really meaty character that she felt like she hadn't done for a while, mm. uh, especially as she was struggling to find that transition out of mid-twenties early twenties female actress where there are a lot of uh, obvious archetypal roles that go out there Mm. um, and then transitioning into that sort of early thirties and she was just sort of like well they just all trying to make me mums and I'm like I'm not really a mum yet and so she found it really interesting to find a character that was just well-rounded and looking at issues that a mid-30s woman might uh, actually have um, rather than trying to force her into either an age bracket below where she is or an age bracket above where she is. Mm. I would um, like to uh, also set up that uh, in terms of critical response, uh, you know, it definitely varied. It got a zero out of four stars from the New York Observer. <laughs> it got 3.5 uh, out of four uh, for, um, uh, from Robertebook.com and can, like Rolling uh, Stone. Can you, give, can you give the quote from, from the New York Observer? Oh, the New York, the New York Observer <laughs> quote is, uh, the film was almost as unwatchable as it is un- incomprehensible. Uh, Mark Jenkins of NPR <laughs> said, the, long move, the longer the movie runs, the more its novelty fade. The tone wavers and the potholes that appear, small at the halfway point, start looking like chasms. Um, I, uh, and then there were also people who were very positive yeah. about it as well. I, so, what it, so what it, it reminds me. So of, it's very possible that both of us are going to be right. Yeah. What it reminds Jamie, give me your opinions. We're always, we're always equally correct. Um, it reminds me a lot of being at the Edinburgh Fringe and someone like directors insisting that they would be rather have a mix of five star and two star reviews than they would just get a bunch of four star reviews and to those people I say fuck off but it is that it is that kind of yeah. kind of film right like okay. it is dividing also four, four star no I think I think if it's like a bunch of two star and five star versus a bunch of three star maybe I could see that but no a whole bunch of four star reviews are all very good reviews yeah. if you get four star across the board at the fringe yeah you're great you're probably yeah. doing alright yeah four star across the board you are at like C venues you're doing okay you're a crit- you're an indie darling and someone really fucking loves you <laughs> with the don't reviews you're doing okay um uh yeah so that, that that of course is the kind of background to this film uh which i appreciate uh do you want to do uh, very quickly it, uh six degrees of tom hanks might, uh quickly before that one little uh 
little thing that I found out, which wasn't on Wikipedia, but I had just in when I was looking it up. Uh, Anne Hathaway shot this film while she was pregnant. Oh, okay. uh, Which actually uh, is now the second film Anne Hathaway has shot while she was pregnant. Because uh, the film uh, recently released, uh, The Witches, she was also pregnant. Oh, cool. That. Um, so she now has the, I guess, dubious honour of being a woman who has shot a film while having both of her children. Oh, I, you know what? She never stops working that more, little Annie. More credit for it, and also credit to the people making the movie. You don't notice, uh, and you know, like, nope. yeah, yeah, like, it makes sure that women are able to make movies while pregnant and TV shows. Like, people shouldn't. Mm. You hear toggle stories, I think, especially in TV, where people just get ever getting written off while pregnant. Um, and that is yeah. terrible and discrimination and don't um, do that you or, or, or alternatively on like TV obviously on a, on oh, a movie yeah. it's a lot larger budget or, but on TV shows where there's just really awkward camera angles oh, yeah. or I think there's a pretty famous one where in uh, I think I want to say it's um, How I Met Your Mother where Alison Hannigan was uh, pregnant for a season mm. and she's just sat down in all oh, yeah. her seats oh. the entire here, season here are my two favourite ones because actually, actually no, there's one which is like um in Age of Ultron, I believe Scarlett Johansson was pregnant for lots of it, and you just get like shot. She just gets shot from like the stomach up, right? So you just never see the, you never <laughs> really see her from the stomach for a lot of shots. Um, but uh, the magical favorite ones are, of course, uh, in uh, Modern Family. Um, uh, Simone Bone. Oh, what's she called? Uh, uh, Jen- Jennifer. No, no, Jesse. Bo- Jesse? No. Uh, Julie Bowen. Julie Bowen, there you go. Um, uh, was pregnant, and they just kind of give her a wash basket to hold in front of her stomach all the time. And, like, that works. That's great. <laughs> the absolute worst one is on Frasier, where um, where Niles... Oh, crap. Daphne gets pregnant. Uh, and instead of just being like, Daphne's pregnant, or whatever, um, they're just like, Daphne's getting fat. Uh, and there's just a load of jokes about Daphne getting fat and they eventually send her to fat oh. camp and she comes back skinny and I think that's horrible I don't know why they have uh, that on TV I, I, I guess it's like a little bit of trying to be a meta joke sure it, yeah that's 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 rough but it's just like imagine being an actress having to go in and everyone's making like a lot of fat jokes while you're pregnant that's so mean um, but yeah okay th- those are you know uh, credit to the director so, uh, we're on to uh, six degrees of uh, separation where we try to connect this mm-hmm. to this film to our season one our erstwhile season one star Thomas Jeffrey Hanks yes. uh, by virtue of the game six degrees of separation I can do this Alexander in three moves I believe I can do it in one. Ah, oh, fuck you well I'll do who the fuck is in this in a Tom Hanks thing you go do yours uh, okay well Jay- Jay- Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. is in uh, what's that film We Are the Millers or whatever is that the name yeah. of the film with Jennifer Millions, Aniston. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston is in Friends with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is in uh, Bonfire of the Vanities oh. with uh, Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Um, who the fuck's in this that's in... in so Austin Stowell, who plays the uh, younger guy who Anne Hathaway hooks up with, uh, you might think, okay. look at him, you think, man, he looks dashing. You know who else is dashing? Pilots. What film has pilots in it? That's right, Bridge of Spies. He pays the guy who gets stuck behind Russian lines and Tom Hanks has to go in to help get him out. I I refuse to believe that you didn't look that Oh, up. I was looking at the cast of Colossal before this and I went, okay, I need to check these people and did 100% see on the, that he was in Bridge of Spies. So okay, I get points, fair enough, but that fair is enough. the one. You d- yeah, you d- if you knew that off the top of your fucking head, I would have murdered you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, you did look familiar. So uh, we also didn't really set up that this is uh, this is a kaiju movie. Oh, it's a kaiju People movie. Don't know what those yeah, are? It's great. Yeah, they're, they're like uh, it's a Japanese genre of films about big monster films. So Godzilla, King Kong, yeah. uh, 
um, those sorts yeah. of things. Uh, and those big monsters normally represent are metaphorical for something else. Yeah. Can you spot what the metaphor is in this movie, guys? Let's find out. Um, so uh, let's get started. Alexander, it's your favourite part of the show. Uh, this film begins as all good films should. Filmed in Vancouver. That's right, guys. Make sure to support the local PC <laughs> film industry by shooting all your big budget movies here. That's right. It's not just CW shows. Sometimes indie movies come up here too to film their movies too. Hey, do you remember Passengers? This is way better than Passengers. It looks great, guys. They're down by the but seawall. You know- there's a Korean uh, lady and her child. Uh, her child is looking for her... I think it's meant to be a Sailor Moon doll, you know, or something that looks like a Sailor Moon doll. Magical girl doll. Who knows? The child finds it. She's in Vancouver, but it's meant to be Seoul. Okay, whatever. She looks up, and there is a giant kaiju. That's right. It looks a little bit like the bad guys from Mass Effect Andromeda. If you don't know what that is, I guess Google it. They got some weird horns. Yeah, it's like a, sort of, sort of like a Groot. I, like yeah. a kind of like a tree-like person, but absolutely fucking with genius. a crescent moon. Um, for like yes uh alexander i should also say that this film does begin like all good films should uh which is by confusing its viewer whether the subtitles should be on or not i don't know if you had this experience but for the first three minutes uh these people are speaking in korean and there are no subtitles and i wasn't watching this through uh, the most legal means um so i was definitely like uh, having that moment that we've all had in so many fucking movies of it's is that am i supposed to be understanding this doesn't feel like i'm supposed to be understanding this but but maybe maybe if i turn the closed captain nope still nothing turning on um so yeah uh you weren't supposed to know what they were saying um and uh yeah big monster shows up and then we get a cut to 25 years later uh, and little Annie Hathaway's been a little bit naughty. Yeah. She's coming back. It's the next. Guys, it's the morning. As, She's only just coming in. As I'm sure you'll remember, uh, this is almost really weirdly reminiscent of uh, Anne Hathaway's entrance in Don Quixote, uh, wherein she shows up in a weird leather jacket uh, in a strange hallway in New York uh, and is kind of creepy and drunk. Uh, and here too, uh, Anne Hathaway, she likes to partay. That's right. Who doesn't yep. love to party? She's, she loves she's it. She's been out. Her, her boyfriend is like, uh, hey, where have you been? And she was like, oh, you know, we were at the loft and and no, we were we were out and then Natasha said we wanted to go, she wanted to go to the loft and I was like, oh no, I, I said I was going to go home at two. And like, oh, we've got to go to the loft and then she fell asleep and then I was waiting for her to wake up and I fell asleep and uh, oh here we are and then her boyfriend is like uh who's Natasha and she goes Elizabeth sorry Elizabeth uh so yes yeah, we, we we get the impression that um she's she's a, a, a little bit of a problem drinker uh so much so that uh he actually leaves um now Alexander I I would like to say at this point yeah that I don't think this is how... I, I get the impression that... Do you get the impression that they both share this apartment, right? This is a shared apartment. They both Sure, live. but I also think... I don't get the impression she's... that either of them owns it or that one I... of them is specifically the, the like uh... person who was there first. She is meant to have been unemployed for a year. So I think the implication is he is the sole person paying for this flat for a year. No, okay, that's fair. That's fair. However... What he does is pack her bags. No, no, he buys and new then bags he for her le- and then packs those. He bags. does. He does buy new bags. So he pa- he, buy, he buys new suitcases, packs them, um, and then say leaves and says it will be better for both of us if you're not here when we get back. Now, I would just say normally. It's kind of you're supposed to be the one to leave. Like you maybe pack a small bag and say, "I'm gonna leave for a couple of days." If you could pack your things and leave or something like that, um, I just 
I don't know how much it... Like, why would she leave? Why would she leave? Because why otherwise she, she starts stay? being a squatter, JB. Otherwise, I don't have the way squatting in his apartment. Because he's paid for the I apartment. I would just feel like I would wait. I would just wait and try to have a conversation. I just feel like I wouldn't leave. I know I'm not in the situation, but I feel like if I was in a situation, I just wouldn't leave. I would wait, wait for him to come back and be like, okay, can we have a conversation about this now? I, uh, yes, but I think the implication is like Anne Hathaway has like long past rock bottom. Um, like I think they've ha- I th- like I think they've had arguments before, and I think more importantly, I think she does feel like her life is a mess. It is also sl- like it's not implied, but like th- it's kind of implied maybe she's cheated on him in the past, or maybe it's been like hanging out with other dudes uh, in a way that would probably and, make and him uncomfortable. Yeah, and he doesn't fully trust her. Yeah, and that, and uh, as he respect. makes clear in the arguments, like he's like, yeah, you're never home, so we never talk because you're always out drinking and like. I'm watching the day, but you don't apply for jobs or anything, so I'm just kind of, yeah, this is just where we are now. I think it's like, I was actually talking to Alyssa. I was kind of like, you know what? You you have you you know you no longer have the hassle of having to pack up your stuff. Like that's kind of a thoughtful thing when you think about it. So I'm picking out the house <laughs> and already packing your stuff. Um, it, it's it's an interesting move, and I, I think meant to be like clearly Dan Stevens and this is a um, bit of a square. Like, slash, you know, not actually the perfect boyfriend, which I kind of like. Like, he's not, you know, he, he, can, he this sort of happens. We like Anne Hathaway because she's Anne Hathaway. But clearly she has a problem and he is fed up with it in the way that people, you know, if, if, you, if you have people in life who struggle with alcoholism, like, yes, like, at points it gets very tough and, like, your sympathy runs out. Um, yeah. So Anne Hathaway um, goes so back she, to. So she she gets kicked out. She yeah she moves back to New York, I believe. Uh, so I think they're in New York to begin with, and she goes either like upstate New York or Connecticut. I think the implication is. Yeah, uh, it's her hometown. Mm. She's back home. Uh, she's uh, chilling, walking along the street, uh, and who who pops? Who's driving by? But uh, Mr. Jason Sudeikis, and he goes, "Hey, yeah." Uh, and it is clear they recognize each other Mm. um we later learn out that they learn that they were friends in elementary school um but yeah he picks her up and he's like hey hey how you doing and she's like oh i'm just back in town visiting he's like hey what are you doing right now and he's like nothing okay uh so hop in the car let's let's go and uh he she's like where are we going to work Mm. i'm going to the bar um he expresses that both of his parents have passed away uh oh she was at the funeral uh, for one of those but does not remember it um, but does, does not remember it. Yeah. Um, uh, his father previously owned the bar, uh, passed away, and now he owns it. Mm. Um, it's actually quite a nice, subtle um, sort of hint for potential reasons why uh, character flaws in Jason Sudeikis' character that later come up may well exist, uh, that I have only just put together now, but is is not heavy-handed in any way. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just... A nice little layering of a character's backstory. Mm. Um, they get to the bar. Um, he's redone it up. He's made it nicer. He's repainted it on the outside. It used to be Western themed. He was like, ah, didn't really feel like I needed that anymore. Um, and in fact, he's even locked off like a corner of the bar. Mm. Um, she's like, she like peeks behind. Is like, oh look, all the Western stuff's still there. He's like, yeah, I don't need it. He's clearly not getting as many customers as uh, potentially he would like. He doesn't have enough uh, customers to fill the space, so mm. he's just locked a little bit of it off. Yeah. Um, this is where we meet uh, the only other two speaking characters um a younger bloke um who is the bloke you mentioned before who's the pilot British spy guy. Spies, um uh who is just well they're both the, these two blokes are both just 
patrons of the bar, it seems. Yeah. One of them's younger, one of them's older. Yeah. Um, they're kind of mates of Oscar, uh, so Jason Stakers. They're kind of his friends, drinking buddy kind of thing. Uh, they go back, like, have a chat. Uh, Anne Hathaway makes it very clear to the British spy guy that uh, she is very keen to bang him. She gets pretty drunk and, like, he goes in for a kiss. Um, and they kind of, you know, she pulls away and she's like, hey, you know, maybe I'm too drunk for this. At this point, Jason Stacey kiss comes in and it's like, whoa, not cool, dude. Do not kiss someone while they're this drunk. And you, I, I think kind of, you know, interesting, you know, it's setting up a, a bit of his character, but maybe not the way you'll end up uh, realizing. The guys, yeah, the, the, so guys, like I very mean, sorry. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were giving me a single apologies. Hey, wouldn't make you do yeah. anything. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Jason Sudeikis is is uh, quite aggressive in that moment. Uh, but um, Anne Hathaway is just like, no, it's fine. There was there was nothing going on. Hmm. Um, so she goes. Uh, she drunkenly stumbles home. Goes through a little. Um, kids playground uh makes it at back home to Whoa. her yeah it goes back at exactly at, 8 uh, yes, in the at 8.05 in the morning very specifically journey. very important yes yeah. i know and i was gonna set that up later yeah Dick. okay she's also looking behind <laughs> just... she's also looking a giant inflatable mattress you might not remember that um <laughs> i was just trying to make it seem like it was innocuous to begin oh, okay, with okay, that okay, she's okay. just randomly walking just through okay, this fine. but maybe now you've spoiled oh, that it's a really important dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> anyway she gets yeah. <laughs> she gets home um Seems. and um sleeps in her completely empty um uh house uh and then gets a call later and uh then they're like dude what the fuck have you not heard um yeah a fucking monster just turned up in seoul it's kind of bonkers um and she's like oh shit that's crazy uh she calls up jason sudeikis and she's like oh, what do you mean what's going on and you know there's been this monster and he's like dude that happened nine no, hours ago that, what have you been doing that's dan stevens which i find really funny um oh is it dan yeah stevens? he calls dan stevens dan stevens is like yeah no it's scary but you know like that was nine hours ago dude i'm over it yeah right? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i did think like i get that the, the for the movie it's trying to make the point of like how did she not know about this mm-hmm. it's revealing that she was up late and and has been sleeping all day um which she didn't want to reveal to her her ex um but but also why is he such a dick a literal fucking monster just appeared in seoul and he's like yeah that's nine hours ago news so i I kind of like it in the way that like um i think often disasters that happen in other countries can both feel very acutely awful and then people you know, in like the UK, like you know, a tsunami ha- like nuclear, uh, Fukushima happens in Japan, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's terrible." And then, like the next day, you don't care. Like the next day, it's just like, "Oh, yeah. that happened." You move on. It's the, 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 the tragedies I, far away. I, you deal. You kind of affect people in weird ways. I do understand that, and if that's what they're going for, I think they miss it slightly. Considering he goes, "That was nine hours." I don't yeah, think anyone dude. would ever go, "What Fukushima? Fucking nine hours oh, ago." Come on. <laughs> They're evacuating everyone, it's fine. It can't get any worse. Oh, fucking fall of Kabul. Fucking oh. bullshit, mate. So done. It's basically Saigon to me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should not be that callous. I apologize. It is an actual atrocity. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, she, uh, Jason Sudeikis comes round uh, and he brings her a television. And uh, she's like, oh, that's really kind. And he's like, uh, no, you asked for this. And she's do you like, not really? remember? And she was like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Sure, totally. sure, sure. And he's like, um, oh, now, so you work now in my Alexander, bar now? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, you agreed to work at my bar now. Um, now, there are two. There are two th Firstly, I think we should loop background because mm -hmm. we will we'll set up. This happens a few times. Yeah. Uh, Jason Sudeikis brings stuff over and Anne Hathaway is, uh, and says that Anne Hathaway has forgotten or it seems Anne Hathaway has forgotten. Remind me to loop background to those conversations at the end because sure. I think it's an interesting point mm -hmm. um, about them. Anyway, he says you're working at the bar now. Um, and he was like oh, I'm willing to help you out you know you've been unemployed and whatever uh, now should an alcoholic be working at a bar eh. um, but she, she says he's offering her a job mm. so so he's helping her out yeah. and she says I'll only do it if you open up the western wing of the bar again and he's like yeah sure that's not how that works she does not have the bargaining chips in this situation <laughs> he is helping her out why does she get to make demands because <laughs> uh, this guy apparently really wants to hook up with her well, that's how it seems I think it's, it's, it's at this point meant to imply yeah he's uh uh, it, it, yeah, it, there, there seems to be like, especially with him being defensive about her mm. at the bar. There's implications that you know he might have feelings for her, but uh, they're they're not uh, particularly sure. acted upon at the moment. We um, we kind of like, so proceed to go through a couple yep. sequences where basically she realizes that uh, hey, this monster she watches on TV and she sees a tick that she's shown kind of the first bit of the film. Which yeah, is where when she she's nervous, she scratches the top of her head, and then she sees a clip of the monster. And it scratches the top of her head exactly the same way. And she thinks, that's weird. weird. Yeah. You know what I should do? <laughs> Go to the playground again. <laughs> because that's the immediate thing everyone would assume. That I, I wouldn't just think, huh, that's a little bit weird. I would immediately assume, I, I must be controlling this. This must be me. Because I know how metaphors work. Um, so, yeah, uh, it happens. Like, it we should be clear it happens again another time yeah. um uh she gets drunk really late uh next morning mm. it's attacked again yeah um at this we point... should also be clear that soul is bad soul is bad at its response to this yeah. uh, it seemingly does nothing it's just like just oh guys yeah. this thing kind of just appears randomly um be ready for it they occasionally have like some military guys around but they don't do any sort of evacuation again this monster appears at the exact same time, mm. not every day, but at the exact same time and in the exact well, same location every single time. Later, later into the film, they do start showing that, like, the in South Korea and Seoul, they are starting to put, like, basically air raid sirens in. So, like, you know, 10 minutes before whatever, they're like, evacuate. Yeah, okay. It again, is not that again, easy to evacuate just... a wide area. Like, that, you know, you sh okay, they should not be... Okay, okay. No, no, no. What I mean to say I'll is I agree Seoul with you. The benefit of I give them now. some credit because they have an air raid siren. But if you want to evacuate everyone from an area in, like, 10 minutes, that's not going to work. I agree with you. No. They should have just permanently evacuated the area. All right. I'm really sorry, South Korea. Yeah. You brought us many great things. For example, the Korean fried... Uh, I, no, 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 no. I'm really Korean sorry. Fried chicken. Fictional Aubrey. South Korea. Fictional. We don't need to apologize yeah, to actual South Korea. Well, uh, Jamie, I have to assume... I've never been to South Korea, so I have to assume that what's made by a Spanish guy in an American movie uh, is filmed in Canada is 100% the uh, response um. written down to monster attacks in uh, the Korean uh, handbook. Um, so, um, what she does is she goes down to this playground. She goes there at 8.05. She swings her arm up in the air, puts it down, puts her arms out to the side. She then runs home, watches on the TV, and sees that the monster does the same mm -hmm. thing. So, this monster... <laughs> This monster is perhaps a representation of uh, inner demons. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, she wakes up uh, the next day and she's having a little chat with her uh, ex 
the uh, boyfriend. Oh, yeah, ex-boyfriend. I, on, I kept on thinking he was like a fiance or a husband, but he's just a boyfriend. Yeah, I think long term, um, long term boyfriend, but like long term boyfriend. Um, yeah, having a chat with him on the, on the laptop, and I do like the scene because it's quite funny. Um, but Jason Sudeikis rocks up, um, and it's like, hey, remember how you told me uh, to get you a bed? Well, I've got you a bed. Mm. Where are you getting all of these things, Jason Sudeikis? Anyway, um, yeah. and she's now got a, a futon, and she's like, oh, thank God, I really need this. Uh, you know, I've been, my my air mattress exploded. Uh, my back really hurts. And he's like, okay, cool. I hope your back doesn't hurt too much. You're off to fucking work. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, shit. Uh, and then she leaves the house and we just cut to a shot of the laptop where the ex-boyfriend is just still there. Like, what the fuck? Now, admittedly, I would have just said something if I was him. I would have just been like, hey, I'm still here. Hello. Uh, but apparently he was just there uh, dumbstruck. Yeah. Um, so another night at the bar another long night of drinking she gets back and of course alexander if i discovered that i was uh in complete control uh of a uh, massive uh, colossal monster Koji, yeah. that was causing excessive damage now up until this point uh it's apparently been that it has never killed anyone yes uh, which which seems unlikely uh, but sure it's um, in, uh, in some news reports they say that people are missing but seemingly not confirmed dead. I agree. That is weird. Yes. But they do like weirdly kind of signpost yeah. that like she's not killing loads but, of people at least beforehand. Yeah. She uh, goes and, and you know, to... But has been like causing damage. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to just go do it again. Well, no, yeah. Um, so, so, so at this she point, gets, she decides yeah. to prove it to the other guys that like, hey, by the way, I'm yeah. a kaiju. And she does so by uh, going to the park and she's like, hey, turn on your phone. So they got a live streaming site. They go to the live streaming site and uh, she starts dancing. She's just dancing. And then the monster's dancing. And they're like, yo, who is it? And she's like it's me look we do the same thing and at this point she starts doing some kind of hand gestures but you know the south korean military they've decided to step it up a bit you know they've got some helicopters in there and she's like yeah. screw you they helicopters. fire a rocket and she's like well they, specifically they fire a rocket and she feels it she feels the pain of the rocket hitting her mm -hmm. uh so she goes where the fuck are they because she's really drunk it's like ah, ha ha ba bam and hits a helicopter and it crashes in her head and she's like oh oh so like the pilot was in that and, and it's like, yeah yeah um is this the point where the, she then, she falls then also down. falls yeah, over yeah she falls over at this point yeah, so she then falls over and crushes she's so like hundreds of people um, yes yes uh she is she has caused a literal mass murder. yeah and, uh, and, and we, should, we should be clear the stakes of this movie are incredibly high yeah <laughs> she has crushed an entire so neighborhood she wakes up back in her house and at the, her house oscar's like hey good morning uh, I and she's like, did I kill a bunch of people? And he's like, ah, that's not the most important thing though, because look. And she, he pulls out a, a newspaper and uh, a robot appears uh, because yeah. Oscar uh, went into the park went, as well. Yeah, went into the, the the. I think it's specifically like a little sand pit. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's like a or, or it's oh no, it's it's like a bark playground. When, you know, when you got like yeah, bark parts of a playground. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and so yeah, he, it turns out he's also one of these monsters. Yeah. Um, at this point, they uh, she's kind of like freaking out, and he's at this point. It's interesting. Oscar's character, I think, starts getting revealed more, right? So, um, yeah, Gloria's really uh, like she's freaking out. She's like, I don't know what to do. He makes a couple of dickish comments about her having killed people, but it's like okay, she's a bit weird, but sure. She's like, I need to do something to fix it. They have this conversation. 
Um, Oscar's like, look, no one, can, no one believes that we're the monsters, and he kind of makes a reference to, um, you know, he, could, he talks to some old ladies there in a diner. Uh, he's like, hey, look, I'm the robot. She's the the monster. The old ladies don't care. And Hathaway's like, I can't turn myself in because no one will believe us. So instead, I'm going to go. I want to apologize. And she goes. They go to a yep. local kind of Korean restaurant. Uh, Oscar apparently knows the guy. Um, he gets uh, a phrase translated into Korean, and they go to the park. Uh, at this point, and it's important, Gloria's like, oh, you go to bed, you've been up really late a couple of nights, don't worry, I can do this by myself, I don't need any help. He's like, no, 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 I want to come. Um, it gets to the morning, gets to 8.05, uh, Gloria's like, he, okay, I've got to go do this. He's like, I'm going to do it too. And she's like, no, no, I need to do this by myself. And he's like, then why did you bring me? And she's like, you you were the one who wanted to come. She goes, yeah. she uh, translates. He's watching, yeah, he's watching on the live stream to be like, make sure, she, she like makes a little gesture, like move the fuck out the way, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, okay, yeah, everything's clear. Uh, and then she starts writing in uh, whatever. There, there seems to be like some sand or something. Yeah, in she, 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 she appears like next to a river. So there's clearly some sort of yeah, bank or something. Sure. And she writes a message in Korean that says, uh, I'm sorry, it was an accident. Uh, it won't happen again. Yeah. After this um, point, she then uh, basically is like, hey, that's the end of this for me. Like, you know, okay, cool. Yeah. Stay away from the pit. Apologized. They, that's all they I do can have. Do. Um, yeah, they do have quite a funny little conversation, him and his mates, and his mates are just like, um, isn't your friend going to be, like, really confused about why you had this one phrase translated, and then the the fucking monster wrote it in? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's fine. I just got him to translate a bunch of phrases. I said I was looking for a tattoo. <laughs> They're like, you wanted a tattoo that says, I'm sorry, it was an accident, mm-hmm. I'll never do it again? There is... That's a weird fucking tattoo. I like that. There is also, in the conversation while they're waiting to do the, tr- the translation in the dirt, um, there is an uh, interesting conversation where he's like, yeah, I actually got close to marrying someone once. Uh, she had a kid. Uh, she moved in then very quickly jumped ship, right? Like, this town's really boring and, like, there's, like, nothing to do. Uh, there's nothing to do about it or nothing healthy, at least. Um, and you're like, okay, yeah. interesting. So, again, that little hints toward Jason Sudeikis' character having yeah. a bit of a um, shitty, bad Sure. Post. So, Anne Hathaway goes, she hooks up with uh, um, um, British the British guy. guy. Um, and the British guys about like really nice. Like, sh- they kind of I think this is after the weird conversation the conversation about um, uh, the tattoo. And British guys guy just uh, gives her her address. She comes over. Um, he's been really nice. He's like, do you want a drink? She's like, I want a bone. Um, they kind of go. He goes to kiss her. She I pulls back. I didn't get. I couldn't. Yeah. She. Sorry. Carry on. Finish off this oh, moment. She pulls back. Uh, he's like, oh look, I'm I'm really I'm really sorry. I apologize. I'd misread it. I'm really sorry to do this again. I feel like an idiot. And she's like, I'm just kidding. And they bang. What were you going to say? Yeah. Um, I can't tell what, whether there's supposed to be a decently large age gap because I looked up the actors and he's actually only two years younger. But to me, he seems much younger yeah. than her in this movie. But I don't know if that's just my my misinterpretation. I, I don't know whether there is supposed to be an intentional, she's like a mid-30s woman hooking up with like a young he's 20s guy. definitely meant to be younger than Jason Sudeikis, which I think is probably the one which... And that, like, so like by proxy, I get, yeah, sure. I think Anne Hathaway may even be playing slightly older than she is in this movie, like just by a little bit. Yes, I think she is um, But uh, I think he's probably meant to be like 27, 28. I think I think realistically she's probably meant to be like 33 to 35 um, so yeah, you know I, I think I think you're right I think the only point that might be being made is that Jason Sudeikis is, feels 
feels more, uncomfortable yeah. or, or feels threatened by his youth yeah. rather than any any inappropriateness yeah. between it's not meant to the age gap. it's definitely not meant to be she's a cougar she is meant to be more experienced and worldly i guess than this kid because yeah. the kids never um, left the town and like all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, at this point uh, she wakes so up it's the next morning yeah looks turns yeah. on the tv gets a cup of coffee sees on the tv that the robot has appeared back in seoul and is like being a dick to the financial district he's like about making like the finger and stuff and you can see in the 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 video like the robot is making drinking motions um which i, I liked uh because yeah the guy is in the park and he's drinking so she's like holy shit yeah. why is jason sakis doing this they rush in jason sakis sees them come he sees that they're um together which he does not like and he is pissed she's like get out like you need to stop doing this yeah Jason Sudeikis yeah. is like, uh, Fuck He you. says no. He said he's, he's just having fun. Yeah. He does say specifically, oh, no, it's fine. We made sure there's no one else. She's yeah. there. He, he's oh, there with his and, and he's the older he's being guy. such a prick about it. He's being like, um, yeah, Mitch and Alf's like, what? It's not like, I wouldn't be so irresponsible as to kill a bunch of people. Like, be, like, and really, you know, getting, being a very passive aggressive prick about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, um, so she she rocks up into the thing. thing. So we see her her wooden kaiju versus his robot, and then makes like a dramatic point to go. Mm. And then we hear like cheers around the neighborhood, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I knew the group man was on our side. Yeah. The robot's the bad one. <laughs> this isn't fucking weird. Yeah. We all support this. We now. stand the giant lizard person. We've made this all totally normal very quickly, and apparently so has the entire." city of soul yeah. they've adapted um also i find it very funny apparently originally it was meant to be set in tokyo but they kept referring to it as like a godzilla movie and uh like toho who are the kind of owners of uh godzilla were like fuck you no you cannot this is not godzilla don't mention godzilla <laughs> and you can't do it in tokyo so they moved to soul which is very cool uh, uh, it's, it's a very petty lawsuit um, but i appreciate it um so, at this point um, he yeah, then he, he, they go to the bar he leaves yeah he, well, he, well, yeah, no, he gets very specifically he gets, he, no, he gets bitch slapped and then leaves. i thought that was later no I thought no, no that was in in one this is the first this is the first slap she, he, he okay, points yeah. out she slaps him you think oh is he gonna hit her and he doesn't and they leave they go back to the bar uh, well, specifically, he says she has to go in early and work. Yeah. He's like being a dick yeah. to her, being like, "Oh well, you're you're clearly up, uh, you're clearly up, oh, raring, so ready to go this morning." Yeah. You're so the, you're the job, go so do it. They're at the bar. Uh, bar's packed. And actually, it's interesting all the way through. Like the bar is packed as much as the robot is there, right? Like it definitely kind of increases that. Yeah. And people have memed um, the shit out of uh, the the yes. reptile monster yes, slapping the, the robot. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, we get a and and it's probably the. So remember that this is 2016 when memes were shit anyway. But there's the slap and then the um, the thug life yeah. and the, the sunglasses going down. And it is the first time that I have seen like meme culture yeah. and internet culture pretty accurately represented mm -hmm. in a movie. It's normally really cringy and referred to in very weird ways. Yeah. Um, but no, that was totally yeah, realistic. Yeah. I believe that that's what would have happened yeah, 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 in 2016 if that had, um, uh, if that had been real. Uh, so that happens. Uh, Jason Sudeikis at the bar is like laughing at himself in that kind of way that makes you uncomfortable, right? Like he's like, oh, I'm in on the joke. It's funny. It's funny, guys. Yeah. It's funny. I find it funny. Why don't you find it more funny? And after the kind of day at the bar, they're going to go back to the, the Western side, the hangar there, and they're going to hide out. And Jason Sudeikis is just watching it. And he's like, you know, it gets funnier every time you watch it. It's funnier every time you watch me get slapped. And she's like, this isn't that funny. Uh, maybe you should start watching it. Uh, and he's like, no, no, I find it okay. And she's like, no, okay, you don't. And he's getting pissed. And she's like, he, so he then goes, 
Uh, his mate comes out of the bathroom, the the one who's from Watchmen, and oh, by the way, they're out there. Yeah, the older, the guy. older friend, and the guy goes, "Hey, you don't have to pretend you're not doing coke." And the guy's like, "What are you yeah, talking he's about? Like, you don't have to flush the toilet. We know you're not taking a shit in there." Yeah, um, he's like, I'm and not yeah, doing- he basically just starts being very aggressive to him. He's like, "We know you're doing coke." He's like, "No, I've been clean for five years." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, we're all friends here. Don't worry. You you don't have to hide things from us." Yeah, you know, I, I thought um, you'd be open with us enough to admit that you're doing coke in the bathroom. You you junkie. But like, we're friends, so it's fine. At this point, he tells Anne Hathaway to go take. The, he's like, "Hey, the projector screen's down. It needs to be taken up." And she's like, "Are you asking me to put up the projector screen?" And he's like, "It's going to get warped otherwise." Doing the kind of very like power, like it's all about power and how he's like, yeah. "Oh, I can do." Like, I'm not even going to ask you to do a thing. I don't like not even not say please. I'm just going to say this needs to be done, and I expect you to do it, kind of thing. And uh, she's like, uh, and the guy, the guy who was in the bathroom was like, "Okay, I'll go." I'll go do it, like, you know, not trying to be, because I'm being uncomfortable about how he's treating Anne Hathaway, and the guy's like, no, no, she needs to do it, and he's like, fuck you, dude, Jason, uh, I'm gonna leave, you're being a prick, Jason Sudeikis is leave. like, do you want me to call the police on you, like, you junkie, get out of here, um, and then she, uh, Watchmen guy goes, um, the boy, the, the kind of uh, British Spies guy is being in the corner, not saying anything and not intervening, um, Jason Sudeikis is, like, basically goes, drink this beer, uh, to Anne Hathaway and Anne Hathaway like have a beer and Hathaway's like actually I haven't been drinking he's like what you think you're better than us drinks since Sunday yeah um, he's like you think you're better than us we didn't make you feel guilty when you kill those people and like it's just a gr- I love this scene I think it's a really good scene it's very much just like oh I the, you were talking about it before but all these and we'll talk about it more at the end but like all these bits before of like Jason Sudeikis being a nice guy quotation marks but like actually a lot of these things being about putting Anne Hathaway in positions where she is beneath him and he has power over her. Um, yeah. And now he is, like, cashing in all those chips. And he's like, drink this beer. And he's now he's cashing in the big chip. And he's like, here's this beer. Drink it. Or I'm going to go through the park in the morning. Because um, he doesn't care about killing all these people. And she's like, what the yeah. fuck? And he's like, no, 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 drink it. Like, you're not better than us. I know you want to do it. I'm only doing this because you want to have a beer. Drink this beer. Or I will go through the park and kill a bunch of people in South Korea. So she goes over, yeah. picks up the beer, pours it out on the floor. And he's like, right, fuck you then. Gets into the cab with uh, the British Spice guy. She's like, don't do it, you're yeah, drunk. It, drunk. We, we should say at this point, because he doesn't really appear again. And I don't think it's that important to um, uh, to like summary thoughts at the end. Uh, but Joel is just as shit as everyone else in this movie. Yeah. The, the, the British Spice guy is A, about to get in this car with this guy who is clearly drunk. piss-fucking drunk, yeah, yeah. and B, has just been sat by saying absolutely oh, nothing. And I do think that is an intentional yeah, yeah, thing. Definitely. I think they talk about the... I think they're trying to make a point about uh, not only the the people who are abusive and the people yeah. who go through these things, but the ways in which people either enable it or turn a blind yeah, eye to it. In, um, in very much well. uh, similar way, I think, to like a, a kind of promising young woman um, argument which is that like you cannot be passively against abuse you have to be act like if you witness it and don't do anything about it you are effectively like co-signing it um, you know even if you don't like it um, yeah. which is so he, then goes um, to the park. he goes he goes down to the park um, they end up getting uh, in like an actual fight yeah. they like tussle she punches him uh, and end up falling over yeah. she punches him they end up falling over uh, in the yeah. park and again clearly she's, causing a lot of destruction she's like I quit um, so at the end I think she's going to push him out He's like, she's like I quit and he goes no you don't quit you're coming in or I'm just going to come back here every day and start killing like thousands of people because I can 
uh, you know. Uh, and I think I think very specifically doesn't he at this point like do a bit? She's on the floor mm. and he does like a few stomps. Oh yeah, he like, he, he like he, he, shoves, he like, does, like hard boom, boom. shoves her down. Um, and it's like you know he's like I'm done being the nice guy, it's just just a monster of a man kind of thing. And, and, and starts doing a few stomps and, yeah. and we hear sort of screams yeah and yeah clearly he's Coming causing to... wanton destruction now i i will i will foreshadow some one of the the minor issues sure. i have with this film at this point which is i i get what they're going for with this movie about you know jason sudeikis being an abusive man and i i to be fair i got bad vibes from him pretty early yeah. which doesn't yeah. help that i that it doesn't help that transition it being surprising but they're they're trying to like he's a bad man and and his niceties and his his, um uh, nice facade is actually uh hiding a a very hurt and broken and angry man but what he does there is just way beyond like it's literally psychotic like it's 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 mass murder like i get that he's not directly doing it so you maybe in his mind it's like slightly separate but He's literally just fucking murdering hundreds upon maybe thousands of people. And for me, that just elevates the stakes to way higher than the movie actually meets. He is doing an abhorrent atrocity. He's not just being a a, a dickish, abusive man. We'll talk about this at the end because I I agree. agree, It's doing things. And I I agree. Um, Um, He then then goes home and goes to sleep. She wakes up yep. and Joel's there and Joel has brought an entire van full of stuff. And he's like, hey, yep. uh, Jason Sudeikis is really sad. Um, he feels like, oh, here's a dick. He's been feeling bad about it all morning. So he told me to come over and give you all this stuff from his uncle's house. And she's like, I don't want it. Go away. And he's like, I've been feeling bad too. And she's like, <laughs> uh-huh, cool. She goes over to Jason Sudeikis' house uh, and it's uh, just a fucking tip. It's um, yeah. he clearly um, hasn't it's, moved on it's from... Like ho- it's like a hoarder level of... T- yeah. There's, like, there's stuff everywhere. And he's um, very much like... There are photos of the the, the ex-fiancé, uh, where like, the ex-fiancé's face is scratched out, and he's kind of pathetic, right? Like, he's doing the whole kind of like, I feel so bad about it. Um, you know, like, I should have done it. I was so drunk. Oh, no, 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 that's terrible. To which... Um, she's like no no i get it like i've been drunk too but like you need to stop the late night drinking it can't happen again the ex-boyfriend shows up and he's like hey i've got a meeting but also uh, who's this prick you've been um you're with you uh, he, do- he doesn't show up he he gives her a call he gives her a call like and then he shows sorry, yeah. and, and he showed yeah, up in town and, yeah so moment, the, he yeah shows up into town mm. and hathaway goes and meets him yeah. at like a, a premier inn or whatever a motel yeah. that he's staying at and he's like yeah i had a meeting but um, yeah, this what's going on with you? Um, uh, and so, I I can't decide whether I like or hate. I'd love or hate this next scene, but it's it's a very interesting scene. Yeah. So I want to talk about it. So they go down to the bar mm. to meet Jason Sudeikis, uh, and Jason Sudeikis is aggressive immediately from the offset. Yeah. Uh, he's well, ag- aggressive is he's uh, he's very of like off putting. He's trying, very standoffish. Um, in a sort of he's, he's not actively aggressive he's aggressive in a very uh, sort of reserved way mm. um, you can tell that he's he's an angry an angry man um, and uh, he basically just starts going to um, uh, to the ex-boyfriend what's the specific phrasing what's the most Irrespons- unacceptable uh, irresponsible thing I could do in this bar he's like, what's the most irresponsible thing I could do in this bar uh, what's the most irresponsible thing I could do in this bar someone else is like trying to get him for a drink and he's like no no I'm, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get it in a minute 
Um, what's the most irresponsible thing I could do in this part? You know, I could I could uh, show you my dick. Uh, that'd be pretty irresponsible, like Bob did over there. Yeah. And Bob's like, hey, yeah, I did that. Um, I could take a piss in the corner. That that would be pretty irresponsible. But none of that would be the most irresponsible thing I've ever done that, that I could do in this bar. Um, and uh, he goes, okay, no, so this would probably be the most irresponsible thing. Goes goes back into another area, and he talks about how he and his buddies used to go and get fireworks. They go down to Mexico, get fireworks, set them off. And then there was this big one that they found. And he said, this is probably the most illegal thing in this bar. Uh, and, you know, we've never, we've never, we, we'd always talk about it. We'd be like, oh, maybe we should take the big boy. You know, we we'll to save it for a big occasion. But we never did. And at this point, he's like, fucking throwing tables out of the way creating space while while going through this i should say at this point jason sudeikis fucking great he's really good. yeah yeah he's he's a, he's a very it's uh, a great I, just I, I would like to comfortably add jason sudeikis to my list of actors i reckon have an oscar in them. yeah yeah, yeah. Actors, who, actors who you wouldn't expect but i reckon he's gone yeah, he's, yeah. he's very good in this scene i hope he does more dramatic roles uh even if i have a weird relationship with this scene sure. um but yeah he's, he's throwing chairs out people are like starting to leave a little bit he's getting uncovered he's like talking about how this one is is massive and he's been waiting for it and you know eventually they stop doing it they grow up mm-hmm. whatever so it just sort of grew dust yeah and then he goes until now bob you might might want to move bob's right there he's like and then he he lights the firework now admittedly i think they could have got a bit this i think they got ripped off on this firework yeah to be honest. it's not that it's not that it's, it's impressive it's, but not that it's impressive not, it's not that impressive but you know setting it off in the middle of a bar probably still quite dangerous yeah. but you know it it i i think the the visual effect of what the um firework does versus the uh wanton destruction is afterwards mm. is something that they clearly had to like up a little yeah. bit so they like because it's it yeah it's just a standard little firework that sort of goes yeah. and fires off a little bit um I, I think they could have done a little better it unfortunately sure. undercuts the scene quite a lot um but it, you know afterwards the the entire uh, this side of the bar is is in flames mm. um and uh, and he just goes that was the most irresponsible thing i could have done in this bar and she is still not going to leave with you yeah and she doesn't and i don't know i I don't think we need to talk about it in depth at the end so let's talk about it now i i think this scene is really going for something that i like and i like the idea of and i don't think it quite hits i think the firework the firework doesn't help um but additionally the the most i think this this scene looks to serve a metaphorical purpose which is the idea of cycles of abuse and and the difficulty to escape from them Mm -hmm. i see that very clearly but for me the characters motivations and justifications for the things they do don't really land for me firstly firstly i think the ex-boyfriend shouldn't leave um he he just leaves i think it's very clear he should recognize that she is in an abusive situation uh and should do more to help um i don't really get i guess anne hathaway stays because she thinks that jason sudeikis is going to carry on going in the uh in the um the the pit Uh, so so can i I give my pitch yeah. I think Jason yeah. Stakers' performance... So for me, it does work. I didn't mind the firework effects. Like, I, I thought that looked fine. Um, 
the is for me it's like Jason Sudeikis' performance in this is really 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 good and it's scary it is and like it's it scary is. Jason Sudeikis is very but like and why, why I think he's really well cast in this is like Jason Sudeikis uh, as we might get to in our anagrams uh, Jason Sudeikis is a very charismatic performer who is very charming yeah. and he has a you know like he normally plays like affable laid back guys right and yeah. even when he's being really scary, there's an element of this which is like, hey, yeah, he's being affable. He's telling a story. It's just turning that charm yeah. and it's souring it. It's like he is yeah. bitter. He is mean. He he like, and for me, like, it does work in the sense of like Joel. And as we, uh, this is kind of a spoiler for later, but like Joel is bitter that Joel's life wasn't better, right? Like he is bitter that. Um, do you mean Oscar? Oh, sorry, Oscar's Oscar's is Joel is yeah, the younger sorry, one. Oscar yeah. is Jason. Os- Oscar is like bitter that like Anne Hathaway got away and like he always was following her life and like in his head, being a not even being a nice guy, right? but like he has this idea about what relationships are and it's like giving people stuff, right? Like it's hey, here are these things. He's basically like moving into her house creepily, you know, like he has a set of keys where he uses to get in all the time, and it's about like being this kind of guy gets you what you want or should do and when it hasn't and things haven't turned out the way he wants he hasn't learned from that it's just soured him on the inside and this opportunity mm-hmm. and like the fact that Anne Hathaway um had gone out of uh you know this town and had had a really interesting life um it's something that he that he finds tough like that, that is you know makes yep. him feel belittled like jealous and like hey we've all been there we've all had people in our lives who are more successful than us and like that is tough like it you know i understand being jealous about that but what it's done to him is it's turned into a power thing right like it's okay she comes back you know like hey i you know i found a cute whatever maybe like i you know there is a, a bit of a romantic interest in there but i think it's like when he has this chance to be exceptional right like when literally like his character has suddenly starts mattering when he when he's when he is in a playground but he's an adult when he has this power um to like you know make an impact on the world and change things he just likes having that like that that's he just enjoys that kind of thing and he enjoys making Anne Hathaway do what he wants yeah and like yeah I I, I agree I agree I agree that the boyfriend for instance is cowardly and that he doesn't do anything to like ask her to leave and all that kind of stuff but I also think the movie is like it is a very dark comedy but like yeah I think a lot of people don't like confrontation and I think they've set up at the beginning that like like her his character is the kind of guy who packs her bags for him and is like I don't want to have this conversation you're going to go um, you know what I mean like he is not Yeah. he doesn't like confrontation and he is kind of a coward um, and so, like, like a lot of the other dudes in this, uh, like, for example, Joel is a coward as well, right? Like, he he just stands by and is like, oh, that's just what he's like. Um, and same too here, like, it's he's like, oh, she's gonna go, and he's kind of treating it a bit as a dick measuring contest, and uh, not dick measuring contest, but like, he's also like, oh no, she's my girlfriend, not your kind of thing, yours. Yeah. Even though he broke up with her, even though he was quite rude to her in the hotel. So for me, the scene hits because I like those things. I, I'm like, I understand not it not working for you. Like, I think it's fair enough. I, so I just like that's I how guess, I like it. I think I I agree. I fully agree with you on Jason Sudeikis's character. I think he's great in this scene, and I fully agree with you on uh, all of the uh, character analysis points you have made there. Yeah. I think what I dislike about this scene mm-hmm. is the, uh, like I said, it is so patently uh, an objective for 
the metaphors and the points that the movie is trying to make yeah it's that that's what that's what and and i i think that kind of links into some issues that i have with the movie in general that this movie serves the point that the um that the movie is trying to make rather than serves what the character like again I, i i struggle with this because i don't want to say that People like Jason Sudeikis don't exist. Of course they do. Um, there are plenty of abusive, mm. horrible, horrible, horrible people. But there's just there's just levels of what he does that just come across to me as extremely unrealistic to the point of hyperbole and the rest of the movie and no one around them really meets those stakes. Yeah. Like... I- like neither Anne Hath, even if even if Anne Hathaway chooses to stay in that moment, mm. and even if the boy the boyfriend chooses to leave, neither of them are really uh, living in the moment that a man just set off a massive firework and torched his own bar. Mm. Like that—that that is a level of stakes that the movie has raised that I don't uh, feel like uh, the characters are. This meeting. is interesting. Uh, much like, I... much like Jason Sudeikis sure. being a literal okay. mass murderer. But that's my thing. I so I I wonder if it's more that you read the movie more as a drama, whereas I am very firmly in the camp of like those things are ridiculous for me because this is an incredibly dark comedy. Um, oh uh, yeah, I, which I think I is why, just, which I think I, maybe is why it is because for me it's like oh the the level of hyperbole is because. Like, there's a giant monster in South Korea kind of thing. And, like, the film Truth okay. That is Funny for a long time until it's not. And, like, a scene like Joel's one is meant to be very darkly absurd. Like, it's... Okay, it's a, I can, so that's I what, can yeah. understand that. And I, and I will fully agree that I did not I did not think this movie was came across as comedic sure. at all. I, I, yeah, I, I was treating this very strongly as a drama. Yeah. However, I did hear that the marketing campaign of this really strongly pushed that it was more of like a silly little rom-com yeah um and the, the dark twists more were, twisty, yeah. were were supposed to be twists yeah. uh, whereas i kind of just felt like it was a pretty dark movie from the beginning sure. um i mean it opens with a it, it's just immediately dealing with someone being an alcoholic i just i'm immediately like oh it's pretty fucking heavy um, um anyway so that that i'd like that sure, i, 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 think I understand yeah. your your reasons for sure. for enjoying that but i hope yeah, it's a film in which a guy commits genocide. Like that, you know, it, it's yes. the extent to which you um, can be like, and, "This and, is fake." I can find it funny. Is fair enough. Like, and to be fair, it only gets more absurd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so at this point, so, the, um, at this point, yeah. she leaves. Uh, Jason shows up in the house, and is like, uh, she goes back home. Jason Sudeikis is already there in the darkness, being like, uh, "She's like, ah," and he's like, "Did I scare you?" And it's like, "Of course you did, Jason yeah. Sudeikis. You're a nut job." And she's um, like, "He's like, you're yeah, never gonna and, leave." I'm never going to let you leave. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to go. You're like, Look, I, I just thought you might consider mm. calling your ex-boyfriend. So I was here to make sure you, you didn't do that. Like I did. He then, basically what happens is they proceed to, uh, she's like, fuck you, calling the boyfriend. All right, going with you tomorrow. Uh, he then, they then have a big fight. She then has the, so two things actually, sorry. She's been having a couple flashbacks all the way through and it's kind of implied like, hey, why does this, uh, why does this happen? And, um, it, the kind of the magical oh god yes the magical realism and okay. like this is why I, do, I maintain two things one I do think it's black comedy and two it gets described as a sci-fi but I really think it's a magical realism black comedy because this is not science fiction at all this is just magic she gets no this next bit the guy, is really as, as a kid 25 <laughs> years ago or whatever they were walking to school and her diorama which was a Seoul South Korea flew across into the park which, which now had turned into a play park it wasn't a play park when they were kids 
Um, she goes over to find it. He finds it as a kid and stomps it. He's like, <laughs> again, it's better than again. my one. I'm going to stomp it, stomps it. She gets real mad, yeah. gets hit by lightning. <laughs> uh, in her backpack was a uh, was a reptilian monster kaiju. Uh, he gets hit by lightning and his backpack was the um, robot. Yeah. Uh, and very specifically, she gets hit right on the, the top of her noggin. Which is why she um, has the fringe in this. Why, why she has the scratch thing. Yeah. Um, there are two things about this. Firstly... <laughs> We spend so little time in this flashback, and yet this child just is just unabhorrently evil immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just no establishment of this child, this poor boy, and then just immediately just stomps on a diorama. Yeah. I couldn't help but find that funny, but for me, not in the right ways. Yes. If they were intended, I didn't feel right like they were intending yeah. it to be. I yeah, think it, but it that, didn't feel like they were intending it to be I funny. I think that's because me. you had bought into this as a drama and so like which you know is a failure on it right like if you're a black comedy but like you're so black people don't necessarily realize that like like hey there's jokes in it and hey there's like some laughs but there are laughs and dramas too um and if you don't yeah. if you're not getting that across or what the tone you want to get across then yeah that's a, like the, by the time you do something which is clearly yeah. ridiculous um, then it's not yeah. it's just and, then, and then yeah that the, this is caused from the lightning on the head and mm-hmm. yeah um so they he's back she's back with him um at the house she calls her boyfriend she says i'm i'm coming with you um uh and um, they start fighting each other she's like oh they, you they, I, they both yeah. go they both go to the playground and they have another fight in the playground he beats her up and is like destroyed this time yeah this time he's for the first time like properly physically i think to be fair they've had a little fight in the house as well mm-hmm. she's tried to stop him from leaving yeah. Um, but he's ended up escaping yeah. and then gone to the playground. And then, yeah, he, they've gotten a proper fight. Yeah. He's been he was... physically uh, abusive to her, which he hasn't been previously. Or, well, um, or he has, but and... not, like, full-on, like, what he, at this point. Um, like, they've had, like, he's been, like, scrapping with her, but here he's just, like, being a guy beating up a woman. Um, mm-hmm. They then, he's then like, you're not going to leave this town, or every morning I will just walk through South Korea and destroy yeah, I'm going to do this. And and to be fair, I think actually, I unfortunately said that he did the stomping in the previous one. And I don't he think does he did. Here, I think it's yeah. in this one. Yeah. It's this one where he does the stomping. He's very Jamie Jones, you're, once you, again you, lying to the people. I know. Monster. I know. First COVID, um, now this. Uh, what next? But yeah. <laughs> so uh, he stomps through and commits mass murder. Um, she... I, how how does she decide to fly to she, Korea? She goes to I she this. goes to it's it's largely unspoken. She goes to see her ex boyfriend. She's like, I'm not gonna go with you, but I don't know your explanation. You're a prick. Um, sure. She's then like, I think she basically she then gets on a plane, and you're like, where is she going? Um, ends up he it's the next morning. He's looking around the he's looking around uh, the play area. He doesn't see her. He starts to walk through. It is then revealed that she has gone to South Korea. Um, as there are a bunch yes. of Korean people fleeing in terror. She's got yeah. beat up eyes. Again, She's, again, Alexander, yeah. Alexander, <laughs> this thing appears at 8.05 every yeah. single time and there are mass crowds yeah, of yeah, people yeah. just I would walking just go around I would just in go the exact yeah. area where... It, yeah, I just yeah. wouldn't... You know, me, I just personally wouldn't yeah. be there at she, she has. She then proceeds to uh, stand there looking at the giant robots the robot's like that, so I'm going to destroy South Korea. But wait a second. If she's in South Korea, then where is her monster? And her monster, of course, has appeared in New England. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yes. Is... Ale- Alexander. <laughs> Alexander, I would also like to say that at this point, uh, the logic of... The the, own, the the actual universe 
rules. Firstly, the entire idea that it works both ways is silly, and the fact that she would try it is bullshit. Yeah, it's insane. But whatever, I can get sure. I can get along with it make it uh, that yeah. working in its own universe. I do want to be very specific that the entire time it has been very clear that they step into this little Sandals, playpen yeah. thing. And that's and that's yeah, when yeah, the robot yes, appears. Yeah. And when it leaves, it when they leave, they disappear. Yeah, yeah. So, I will now establish. Yeah. Uh, she's she's walking through South Korea. She's apparently found the perfect exact location that's going to make her turn sure. up in in Jason Sudeikis's world. He's really scared. He Please. leaves. Yeah. He leaves the playground area. He is no longer in the playground area. But we see the robot mm-hmm. walking away. Yeah, he's now in the river. Um, the robot gets to Anne, the river, which is like okay, cool. Yes. Um, Anne Hathaway like claws at the ground and manages to grab Jason Sudeikis yeah. as her kaiju. She picks up Jason Sudeikis again, completely outside of the playground the robot still exists. The robot is lifted up and floated in the air yeah. <laughs> she holds him close to her face <laughs> he's, he's, he to be fair has his last little moment yeah. where he's like oh look at me, look at me, where are you fucking bitch? Obviously she can't you colossal bitch <laughs> <laughs> Then Alex. <laughs> yeah. She just fucking yeets him. him. He just gets thrown into the sun. Just throws him for fucking miles. <laughs> oh, that's good. Again, the fact that the robot flies through the air makes no sense with this universe's <laughs> rules. But also, in real life, <laughs> she's just thrown Jesus in acres for like tens of miles. He's dead. He's and so I dead. burst out laughing. He's so dead. But I burst out laughing yeah, at this. And yeah. again, because I had not been treating this as a comedy, I thought this was supposed to be. And I still think it is. I don't think that is supposed to be funny. I think it is. Oh, I think it is supposed to be fun. That's the thing. Like, I think this... Well, let's, uh, let's just finish up and then we'll talk but about it. But it's also the emotional height of the But movie. that's my it's thing. Like but, her, but, it's her sure. like, big moment. So she gets her big moment, but also in a comedy, your moment would also be funny, which it is. Like I like. That's fair enough. Well, well, I burst out yeah. laughing and I didn't the, feel like sure. I was supposed to. Fair enough. <laughs> we, it then, because she just fucking sure. eats it. She just eats it. That's hilarious. Um, she then uh, goes to a bar. The bartender is like, holy shit, you see what just happened to that robot? It's funny through the air it just threw through the yeah. air and uh, she's um, like and she's like uh, yeah do you want me to tell a you story? a fantastic and story and like yeah do you want a drink and she's like oh brother and that's the end of the movie to be fair I did I did laugh at that yeah. and at that I did feel like I was supposed to yeah, laugh because sure. Anne Hathaway does a very good very good facial acting uh, has has like mm-hmm. a, oh shit no way I'm not supposed to do that um, yeah and that's it's, the end of the movie so, so let's talk about the movie um, yeah oh briefly we got some anagrams uh, to, oh, to yeah. which Anagram. I'll say, uh, you know, of course, this is starring Jason Sudeikis, uh, who, 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 you know, is is currently everyone's favorite football manager, uh, but he's a monster in this. And to, so, you know, I would I would look at uh, you know Jason Sudeikis, and I would say, you know, you've sunk real uh, real low, lasso, uh, and that's where I got. Oh, that's awesome. good. That's good. Low without a W. Um, yeah. I would like to say, Alexander, that I believe that this is my first ever time using every single Holy letter. Shit. This is an actual anagram of Colossal. And of course, you know, I don't want to be unfair to someone who is suffering from alcoholism. But um, you might say that a lot of Anne Hathaway's um, actions in this movie um, are, are a little bit, you know, crazy. They're a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. You might say she's a little bit of a crazy woman or perhaps a loco lass. 
Every single letter, Alexander. An actual <laughs> anagram of Colossal. <laughs> Loco Lass. That is, that is pretty good. I like that. That's actually the thing. Well done, you won. Now, now we'll completely ignore that, you know, it should be Loca, Lo- if, because it's feminine, sure. we should agree with the noun, but let's ignore Loco. that. Um, Lass isn't, sorry, so, sorry. Lass isn't in Spanish. I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about this. Week. I think I think we've clearly already uh, kind of got yeah, onto of, where yeah. the key part of our disagreement comes from. Um, I I did not think this was funny from the beginning. Sure. I did not think of it as a comedy. I thought of it as a drama from beginning to end. In all mm. honesty, and um, so I've sort of brought up a lot of why I had some dissonance with its drama because. It created stakes that I didn't feel it met. Now, if I were to interpret this movie as a comedy or if I were watching it thinking it was a comedy, then that's absolutely fine. Sure. That's absurdism. That's yeah. that's raising the stakes. That's heightening things. That's what comedy is. Mm. But when I'm watching it, it through the guise of thinking it's a drama, yeah. all I'm seeing is someone uh-huh. being a literal mass murderer sure. and, then, and, just, and the movie not meeting that. Yeah, um, 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 additionally, I think the very end is silly uh the 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 logic of her like the logic fine fine i guess within the world's universe that these two you know points are linked in some way but the fact that she would think to do it the fact that she would risk it like the fact that she would make that logical leap um is absolutely absurdly bonkers you know what she should do alexander you know what she should do Call the police on a man who is drinking at a child's playground yeah, at eight oh five in the morning. That would solve most of the problems. That, that w- it doesn't need to be anything to do with the monster. Yeah. It can just be that he is a grown adult man drinking at a child's playground, very specifically with children, like walking past every single morning at eight oh five in the morning, and the police would probably arrest him. So I, I, I think um, a lot of it comes down to: Do you think of the? Uh, do you think the idea that? going to a child's play park at 8.05 in the morning and you magically appearing as a monster in Seoul, South Korea is funny. Like, do you think that idea is uh, a thing to be mind for drama or do you think that is an innately funny scenario? And I think... I guess innately... Can I I respond to that? Is it a question or are you going to answer it? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Um, um, I guess because I so immediately saw these monsters as as a... I will be fully honest, mm. ham-fisted metaphor for their inner demons, her alcoholism and his his abusiveness. Because I immediately saw them as metaphors for those things, I did not see them as funny. I saw them immediately as a dramatical device. Sure. Um, and and once I was treating them as a dramatical device, I thought, oh, this 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 doesn't really have that much de- much depth to so, it. So I will counter that. Like, for me, the metaphorical nature of the monsters is not so much of a... No, sorry, I will not counter it. Your, your opinion is completely valid. But for me, it's like this was so firmly in, like, hey, magical realism, um, this thing is, like, giant. It's, like... Which also solves later for me some of the logic issues where, like, hey, it's magical, it's, it's there. Yeah. You don't... And it's sort of, like innately unknowable and like hey yeah the magic thing is a metaphor is part of the yeah, genre that, like, I'm, me, right? like I'm, I'm not that bothered by lo- the, the logic the logical sure. but but for me I'm, like i'm not that for me the monster being a metaphor is like one kind of just inherent to most monster movies so i'm not too 
probably about that. But like, even yeah. even on the comic thing, weirdly, the thing it maybe most reminds me of is like a Noah Bombach film, right? Like uh, Madagascar Three, of course. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know something like um, Marriage Story, which I think is you know largely a comedy. Like you know, it's 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 really sad. Uh, and it's, well, it's kind of a you know if not a romance more than anything but like it's a very funny film and it mines a very sad subject for comedy in times as much as it yeah. does also mine it for pathos and I don't think it innately for me so like for me then or something like I don't know With Nail and I right which is a film about two alcoholics drinking themselves to death um, and so the, the innate thing of like is this can there be humour in this is like it is both it's both mindful drama and for humour um, I, and it, I and I it stops being funny as soon as she realizes she kills people. Like that's the I fully agree yeah. with you. My issue was purely because I saw it as a metaphor for these incredibly serious things. My mind was not in in the mode of this comedy. is a comedy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, get I immediate because I immediately go. This is uh, and 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 also because I saw that as actually quite an interesting idea and that's that's i guess that's i guess where especially some of my issues with with because i'm seeing it as a drama Mm. i see there is a lot of uh, i see it as there being a lot of missed potential with quite a really cool interesting unique idea for a kaiju movie um and i feel like it didn't explore the dramatic implications or depth mm. of what I found to be quite an interesting idea. Interesting. Now, no, I said that, yeah. do I believe that if I could have watched this from the beginning under the understanding that actually this is more comedic than I think it is, it probably would have quite strongly changed my, yeah. my experience of it. No, I, I, but like again, I think that's part of the reason why people struggle with it. Like, it does change tone. It is a genre-shifting film. So it is a kaiju movie. It's like three films. It's a, it's a very dark comedy. It's a kaiju movie, and it's a drama. And like, if you yeah. came into this just being kaiju movie, probably not going to get what you want. If you go into this just being like, it's a drama, and like, you you'll probably be confused by the kaiju, not necessarily confused by the kaiju movie, but you will be confused by the they're like weirded out by the comedy. Um, whereas I think coming at it like this is a black comedy. Like black comedy has suffering in it. Like you know, it's. It it's yeah, sort no, of absolutely. it's sort of kind it, of we, we've discussed this. It's it's yeah. my favorite genre. No, 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 no. I'm annoyed. I didn't yeah. realize it was part of my favorite um, genre. I, I I agree. I think there's also like there's a load of things to criticize about it, right? Like it treats people in South Korea's deaths like a joke, which innately can, oh, which, yeah. Yeah, which innately like hey might not be okay for you. I think again the for me that plays into like the film is a many leveled for for me like as much as that metaphor is like quite obvious like. Uh, you know the fact that it's a in many ways about like how the consequences of stuff we do in our country often affect people in other parts of the world but and while we care for a bit many people don't care about it you know like it, yeah it, uh, we, we should say that there are plenty of scenes of uh like people in the bar watching treating this almost like a sports yeah scene. yeah like like they're, they're supporting one side and stuff yeah. like that so yeah there's definitely this idea of a separation of a tragedy happening on opposite yeah side and i i like that part of it i like that um, I also like that the problem isn't like in the way like I feel it's quite an adult film like it's an 18 I think here like it's the problem is not solved it, it, Her alcohol, Alexander yeah. it was not released in yeah, the UK course. it does in, not have in, a rating in the UK but um, it's like it's a uh, sorry um, in uh, like at the end of the film she's like still struggling with her alcoholism the, the real thing is just that like she when she goes to South Korea at the end that makes no literal sense because it's like how the fuck does she know this it makes sense when you think of it as she goes to face the consequences of her actions 
So all the yep. way through the film, she's been doing all this stuff. And when she's drunk, it's been affecting South Korea. And she's kind of very, like, separated from that. Like, she intellectually realizes that, that she, there are consequences to actions that people are suffering. And she hates it. And she tries to apologize for it. But she doesn't really, like, own up to it and, like, do it. When she goes to South Korea, like, in the metaphor, it's she goes to face her consequences. And in doing so, she is able to you know, go back to the childish world of the, the play park and face down this guy and fucking murk him and throw him into the sun. Um, whereas, um, I yeah, think... Whereas he is, like, wants to be I, a child. He, he lives in this, like, childish world where, you know, you can beat women and you can oh, feel bad about it and that's that's okay. Um, so she... I, I think I agree with you on the metaphor there and I think that... Uh, I, I want to come around to actual praises yeah. I have of this because I do have oh, yeah, sure. of it. Um, but uh, I think that kind of plays into especially because i was treating it entirely as a drama um plays into one of my biggest issues with it which is that so much of what happens in this movie Mm. feels like it is exclusively in the service of the metaphor that it's trying to go for um and and once like once you sort of have that idea in your brain it kind of pulls you out of it pulls you out of the dramatic stakes because you're just going oh they are just doing this in service of the thing that they are trying to say rather than service of telling a story well yeah i i I think yes it's kind of like semi-brexian in that way right like it's uh to which for our fans who don't know brex uh it's a distancing device uh, and i think like i think the the monsters are a distancing device and i think therefore like a lot of what they end up doing related to the monsters is used to make it like it constantly reminds you this is a metaphor for how people deal with alcoholism um and i think that's and that's mine for humor like in a brexian way it's mine for um whatever it is uh you know it's mine for like drama uh, but it's also meant to i think more than anything more than this makes you make you laugh more than this makes you sad it's meant to make you think um about you know people like the way in which people deal with alcoholism and how and like the effects of abuse and how when both like both in like you know in our alcoholism or like when in that kind of cycle of abuse you can feel you both can be a monster and also that doesn't mean you're not a victim and how you can be trapped and how you you know you can't leave because you know she can't she feels like she can't call the police but earlier on because he's just like well they're going to arrest me for i'll just keep you know i just won't come see you anymore but i'll just go to the park and kill everyone um, you know, I can I can hurt you in other ways. Like the fact that for a long the, the real things he threatens to do to her, which she is afraid of more. Like she's less afraid of being hurt by him than she is afraid that of him or the things that he can do to her that are not physical. Um, which is why I like the scene with the fireworks because that's like you know the, that's what uh, he kind of says, right? He's sort of like, hey, like my power over her isn't physical; it's it's um, psychic. You know, I, I am in her head, and she is afraid of that. <laughs> I can read her mind. I yeah yeah you I I know what you were going for. I think you went mental rather than psychic. No yeah mental definitely mental. <laughs> I just like, I just think like, of the Pokemon. Yeah no, okay, <laughs> I, I meant more like psychically like you know the, yeah, the, the he, mental. He cast confusion sure. on her and it was super effective. Um, okay so when we obviously talk about these films, uh, we give a couple rankings. Of course we rate the movie out of five. We rate uh, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five. We rate Anne Hathaway on the Anne Hathaway uh, America's Sweetheart Ometer, which would be. Uh, meter in which we decide how much of America's sweetheart to Hannah and Hathaway was in this film uh, we also decide whether or not it goes into our blank spank uh, and we have the uh, Anne Hathaway uh, the Anne's man's list the list in which we decide uh, where people fit on uh, the list of Anne Hathaway's greatest himbos uh, we have 
three guys to put on this list because uh, she has many love interests. Uh, so with that said, Jamie, what are you going to give it out of five, the movie? Um, so, of course, as we know, I go down to the decimal places, which uh, allows me to compare this to previous movies. Um, and that makes my decision quite easy, actually. Mm. Uh, I gave Rachel Getting Married 3.8. I gave Hoodwinked and 3.4 and Princess Diaries 2. Uh, sorry, Hoodwinked 3.3 and Princess Diaries 2, 3.4. Um, I think it is above both of those, but below Rachel Getting Married. I'm going to give it a 3.5, which I think doesn't quite belay... Uh, what I have said so far however when we come on to Anne Hathaway's performance I think that might become a little bit more clear Mm. I do want to say Alexander we're we're relatively near the end of Anne Hathaway's um, career Uh, you know we're we're definitely past most of our best movies Um, I have only ever given us I have only ever given six fours or more interesting yeah and I think at this point in Tom Hanks's career you know uh, 40 odd uh, credits in or 35 odd credits in I'd definitely given more sure than sure six. no I agree I mean like part of part of that is the standard thing of like there are much more better roles for men than there are women so like to some extent uh, unless you're kind of willing to like do indie movies or really really select your movies if you want to be in the Hollywood system and make money as an actress you are probably going to do a lot of stuff in which you don't necessarily have great roles or which might not necessarily be the best films because you want to keep working. And I, I get that. I, I agree. I definitely agree. I thought Anne Hathaway had more better films that maybe just I hadn't watched <laughs> until I saw all of Hannah Hathaway's films. In which I well, saw- Actually, I would like to say... I would like to say I said six. Uh, I still haven't put the interstellar scores in Actually, here because I didn't have... You know... I didn't have it in front you, of me. I'm fairly sure you I know what? for that. Anne Hathaway at this point is like 35. Yep. Tom Hanks doesn't really start his film career until he's 30. So my honest thing She's is... She's got a long way to go. Absolutely. My, my honest thing is, like, I think Anna Hathaway may have a bunch more movies in her that are great. Um, you know, they haven't come yet. But she's also, like, if you think of how many movies Anne Hathaway did by this point versus the number of movies that Tom Hanks had done. Like, Tom Hanks didn't get okay. big, really, until, like, his 40s and 50s. And Okay, t- uh, I'm, 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 you've, you've brought this up. I'm now going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Anne Hathaway is 38. I'm going to go through Tom Hanks. Is she, th- is she 38 now? Or she... I'm not going to do every single film. Sure. Is she 38 now? Or is... She's 38 now. Okay, cool. She's 30. She was, so she was 33 at the time this? of Colossal. Sure. But again, Alexander, we know what's coming up. There are, no, 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 no. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I get that. But I'm still saying, like, I think Tom Hanks have probably done... Okay, let's let's do a little bit of maths. Uh, he's ni- born in 1956. He will have been 38 in oh, crap, 1994. Okay, shit. So he's done 1994. Yeah, to be fair, he's done Forrest Gump. He's done Philadelphia. So he's got some big ones in there. But, you know, Anne Hathaway's done Les Mis. Anne Hathaway's done... Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Anne Hathaway's done Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So I've actually got married, so like she's probably still, probably still, probably still five and or six years from having done most of his good. Yeah, movies. yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, yeah, but after the nineties, Tom Hanks had ninety four. Tom Hanks will have done. Yeah, still, more. still has yeah. lots of very. good I will movies. say, I will has... say, like, if we're talking yeah. about like the list of good Anne Hathaway movies, like you have, um, what so you got like Rachel getting married. Uh, you have a bunch of ones which may be defined if, as pop culture you, classics, if, but if, not necessarily like film school yeah, classics. If we are just to go off the movies you have given four or more, yeah. we would say Princess Diaries, yeah. Ella Enchanted, uh, Dark Knight Rises, Les Mis. What? What's uh, again, Brokeback Mountain? Uh, oh, sorry, Brokeback Mountain, I skipped over yeah. that. And Rachel Getting Married. Sorry, I scrolled too sure. quickly. Um, Brokeback Mountain and Rachel getting married on top of those ones I said and I'm assuming uh, Colossal yeah I, I'll throw that out now I've been Colossal 5 I like it a lot 
You're giving it a five. Really like it. Wow. It's it, like as it turns wow. out, the mix, the, the mix of what this is, which is great Jason Sudeikis performance, great Anne Hathaway performance, like kaiju movie black comedy, is my jam. That's fair enough. I I I'm disappointed that I did not go into sure. it with the right expectations, no, 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 no. or at least but that's the, well, that's actually, the film's not even, fault. It's that's not the even film's the expectations. Fault, right? like, I, I will say. Yeah. I will say. Yeah, it's not it expectations. Work for you. That's it's not the first your twenty fault. minutes yeah. of the film. That's not your fault if the movie um, doesn't work for you. Like it doesn't work for you. That's fine. So I I I was I was saying that the three point five has probably yeah. um, not been representative of what I've said so far. So let's move on to Anne Hathaway's performance because that is for me the the absolute strongest part of this yeah. movie is Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis' yeah, yeah. performance. They are both really really fucking good, and I think that's what also slightly upsets me in, uh, with that idea of some missed uh, chances. You've got two actors giving really fucking incredible performances mm-hmm. exploring really nuanced deep layered emotions to do with abuse and and, and alcoholism and and uh, these deep problems that people can suffer with and the movie doesn't thematically or writing wise quite explore those well enough for me mm. and so that's why it's a little bit disappointing and i feel like it's a little bit of a missed opportunity sure. having said that Jason Dakers has a fucking Oscar. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's fucking. He's great in this. He's, he's, he's really, so really good, good in this. Because that's that's what I like I about know. it. Is like I feel the eventual reveal that he's the villain of the film is actually not. It's a, it's a twist, sure, but like it's actually it doesn't feel like a twist because all the way through. No, it's not. It's not super. All surprising. the way through, yeah, it's not like the sixth sense or something that kind of twist, right? It's what it is is like a slow unfurling of this character throughout the first and second act, where you realize that yeah. like, hey, this dude is a this dude is like wants to be seen as nice but he is clearly things like uh, we used to talk about it uh so i'll give, uh, flag it up here but you know for instance when he keeps showing up at her house with shit and saying stuff we don't see yes like yes it's i weird. wanted to come back on that i i think that have, coming to the end yeah. of the movie i think that he's lying yeah. I think that I think that she has never she has not said any of these things while drunk no. and that he is creating a burden of of um he she owes him by getting her all this stuff now where does he get all this stuff from who fucking yeah. knows he literally i think towards the end he says like oh his uncle yeah, had a bunch yeah. of shit that he never used or whatever but um, I, he literally decks out my, her entire apartment my, the two things some of the stuff is taken from the bar so like the the, the couch is taken from the the wild rest of the bar the other stuff i sort of feel like is him weirdly moving into her house um, you know what I mean like him sh- I mean he still has plenty yeah, of shit it's, yeah, it's yeah, house when he goes over but I feel it's kind of like him shadow moving in in a kind of creepy way um, uh, just on, on the hoarder yeah. thing that is another thing of an idea where like it just feels like there's another layer of something that is dropped in but not fully yeah. explored oh, um, sure that, yeah I get that but like, and 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 I I feel I fully accept that it, it doesn't have to yeah, be. it doesn't yeah, yeah, have yeah. to be. You'd like to, but too, considering but... I really like the character, yeah. I and I wanted to see yeah. more. I wanted well, to see. There more are things I the things I love like the, the kind of in like three lines he tells us like, hey, I almost got married. Woman moved in with you with a kid didn't work out. She left real quick, and like at the time you're like, oh, isn't that sad? Maybe when you first hear it. But really, that's a red flag. Like, it is a red flag. This lady yeah. moved in with him and then real quick left. Um, is like, yeah, definitely, like, is, and we see it afterwards. Like, sure, it's a red flag. He's a, he's a prick. Um, I'm going to give Anne Hathaway a five in this. I really like her in it. Um, I, I, it's, it's a weird movie where you have to, like, with the acting challenges, by the way, simultaneously as you're doing stuff in this park, you're also killing lots of people in South Korea. And I think she, like, deals, deals with it very well. So I like it. 
Yeah, I think I'm. I, I was sort of hesitating between like a four point seven, four point eight, and and a five. I think I am going to give it a five. Um, I think in a very different way, mm-hmm. this continues the trend that we've discussed, mm-hmm. which is Anne Hathaway understands the assignment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've used that previously mm-hmm. in terms of throwing herself fully into really silly things, yeah. um, but this equally in a completely different way is also as you've pointed out and i didn't realize a very silly thing this is a silly movie in in a lot of ways Mm. but she fully commits to the weight of what she needs to commit to and the weight of the character and the emotions that she's portraying which is why to an extent you could buy that it is a drama like and why why it can feel like a drama is because oh yeah absolutely fucking goes for it um i think it's great no um, the uh, Anne Hathaway, the America's sweet tart. Now it the was, Amer- Anne Hathaway, it was America's sweet tart. Pointed out to how me, much of America's sweet tart is Anne it Hathaway? It pointed out to me by a dear friend of mine that uh, we often talk about like this as though we know what America wants, and uh, you know it, it was claimed <laughs> that we don't. But let me tell you what, my friend, is two British people, one of whom lives near to America. We know America better than itself. All right, and that's why I can tell you that at another box office flop on a 4.5 million dollar box office after being costing 15 million, we know that America doesn't like financial failures. All right, did these people need a bailout? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we talked about this a lot. Know. America likes winners. Exactly. So unfortunately, Anne Hathaway, not enough people saw you in America for this. Uh, you're South Korea's hero, uh, despite killing like 300 people. Uh, but you're a you're a one, unfortunately, in this America's sweetheart for this film. Um, I'm. I think I'm going. I'm going to go slightly higher, like a 1.5. Uh, I think exclusively because you know it's an indie darling. Yeah. She's not there in. She's not there in her career at this moment, but she's still starring in an indie darling with a with an international director and, yeah. and an XSNL star trying to make it big on the movie yeah. scene. <laughs> and, then, and I think I think some of that is valiant, even if it fails. Yeah. Um, we've now got Anne's man's. Yeah. Fucking hell, we got. Right. We got. There's I, a very specific. I don't. I don't think Jason Sudeikis should be in this. I think from Anne Hathaway's perspective, Jason Sudeikis is not a love interest in this movie. We have two other people. We have an ex-boyfriend and we have a dude she fucks. Uh, I mean, look, here's my thing. I don't think Jason Sudeikis is a love interest in this movie. I get where you're coming from. And so I'm, I'm really yeah. strongly, you know, my question is, was James Franco at the Oscars ever really love interest too? And by that standard, I guess he was at the beginning of the film, but wasn't later on. Like, I, I agree in that, like, he is interested in her, but she's never interested in him. So what exactly. I'm going to say is it comes in, there are a couple of things here. For instance, um, I think it is unfair to Anne Hathaway sure. and Anne Hathaway's character in this movie yeah, like, to Dean. The, uh, we know where he would it, go. Yeah. Alexander, he is. we know if he was on this list <sighs> where he would go. And you know what? I would be fully willing if the only reason I will not put him on my list is because at the moment we have got absolute yeah, shitbag yeah, Lawrence yeah, Fox at the bottom of both of our lists um, and we know even though Lawrence Fox is an absolute shitbag Jason Sudeikis' character in this movie would absolutely 100% have to go below that and I do not want Lawrence Fox to be removed from the bottom spot yeah, of my list it, so Jason Sudeikis will not be entering my list Um, one sec so what we're going to do is I'm going to start a new list which is Bard for Life uh, and it's uh, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis um, it's okay. Jason um, So then we've got um, 
wimpy little ex-boyfriend and guy. wimpy yeah. little fuckboy. Yeah. So here's, here's um, my thing. The, the list goes for me uh, pretty low down, right? Yeah, he's not in the bottom four, which is... Uh, bottom five is obviously Cosette's father, uh, Arctic Monkey Boy from Princess Diaries, James Franco, Dan Fuller from Don Quixote, and the racist piece of shit becoming Jane. And then, of course, separate list, Bard for Life, Jason Sudeikis. Not allowed back on the list. Uh, Downton Dad... Uh, sorry, uh, Downton Dan uh, comes in at 39 uh, because I don't think he's that bad in this. He's just not the right guy for her. Like, they shouldn't be together. Uh, Bridge of Spy Guy is one lower considering he sees how terrible his mate is more regularly. He still sang, hangs out with him and he needs to leave and get a life. What about you? Um, so, um, I'm going for... Uh, I, I'm going down the bottom of the yeah. list. Uh, obviously, as I said, I still got Lawrence Fox at the bottom. Um, up a few spaces up, we've uh, we've got uh, a little Chris Pratt from Bride Wars, who I think's um, you know a little bit of an asshole, mm-hmm. but in no way is he um, ignoring or enabling abuse. Yeah, yeah. So I do think he needs to go below that. Yeah. Right below Chris Pratt, I've got the faux gangster from Havoc, yeah, who you know have. has plenty of issues. Yeah plenty of issues that we have yeah. uh, talked about extensively but i i think my boys are going to come either side of him yeah. so just above faux gangster we're going to have uh wimpy little fuck boy joel uh who while he seems generally fine uh, is completely ignoring his friend's own alcoholism and uh, mass murder um and then i don't know why i've ended up putting the ex-boyfriend below that um i think he seems like i don't know he, he i just don't like him you've been below like a that bit guy. Of a interesting yeah, he he just seems like a little bit of a dick. Um, I don't I I don't think he's that nice. I think he also sort of quite clearly leaves Anne Hathaway in a situation of extreme danger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little coward. I don't like that. However, all of them are of course now sitting above uh, the Baron Bruno Mars from Rio Two, Jesse Eisenberg from Rio Two, and Jesse Eisenberg again from Rio One, because all of those are animals, and Anne Hathaway should not be fucking animals. Mm. We have made this very clear; they cannot be breaking into that lower tier of the list. I might change. I don't know why the ex-boyfriend's ended up so low. He's not that bad. He's that's my thing. Like <laughs> I, that's why I'm glad at the end she doesn't get back with him. It is like clearly they're just not right together. Like. He yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to move him up. Like, I'm going to move him yeah. up. I, I feel like it's very mean for him to end up just above yeah. all of the bestiality yeah. ones. So uh, he's actually going to go above the wimpy little fuck boy. Uh, he's going to go all the way up to uh, just above Krusty the Clown. Nah. <laughs> Completely mad. Completely mad. All right, Krusty the uh, Clown at number 35. Downtown, Downtown Down is at number 39. This is nonsense. <laughs> okay. Um, ex-boyfriend from Colossal. Yeah. Right. Um, so Alexander, uh, I think this is a very easy yeah. question for you. Um, is this? Uh, are you going to stash away this film? Yes, uh, I think what we need to fight the aliens is more kaiju, not less. So I'm stashing it away for that reason to encourage people to build some giant uh, like Gundam uh, slash, if we can, make a you know a kaiju which we can control. What about you, Jamie? I was waiting. I'm stashing away. Are you going to stash um, when you are? Are you going to stash this, stash this Anne Hathaway away? No. Um, I'm going to stash I, I I struggle with this. I I from our discussion, I'm a little bit disappointed. I feel like I could have enjoyed this movie more, albeit we sure. can completely accept that that may well be the movie's fault. Yeah. But I still think if I had gone in with certain expectations, I could have enjoyed this movie more. Um, but from my experience of the movie, I think it 
unfortunately mm. feels like too much of a missed opportunity for me and doesn't explore enough of the things that within the movie I want I felt more engaged with uh and therefore i i'm i'm happy that it is being represented especially because i think it is a very interesting and innovative and and out there movie and i'm glad that someone had the courage to make it yeah. um so i'm glad that it got made and i'm glad it is getting represented in one of our stashaways uh but it is not unfortunately going to be represented in mine Okay, fair news. Uh, so, of course, uh, that closes out this chapter of the Hathaway Sashaway. That's right, blank spam, uh, um, boys. Ha- um, yes, what happens when one of us. I what was do you. What do you Alexander, I, am I do so this every sorry. week. I am so sorry. How many episodes of this have we done? And I made an absolute boo boo. I apologize. Jamie, uh, of course, what happens when we don't stash away and Anne Hathaway uh, is we have to offer something else to the gods. Uh, Jamie, what are you stashing away this week? Um. So, uh, I. I'm actually going to be stashing away uh, another film mm. by the uh, filmmaker that I watched uh, because you know I was doing doing my uh, doing my research, mm. um, and he actually uh, got nominated for uh, the Academy Award for Best uh, Short Film, okay. and I watched uh, said short film, uh, and I firstly thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and secondly I'm stashing it away so that I get to uh, say the title in Spanish, uh, which is Siete Treinta Cinco de la Mañana. Uh, seven thirty-five in the morning. It's a little eight-minute short film. Uh, you can see a lot more of that uh, comedic sensibility uh, that he comes with, but in a very dark mm. way. I think you can. If I had watched this beforehand mm. and known, oh, this guy fucks Made. with dark comedies, yeah. um, then I might have had a very uh, different experience of this movie. Um, Jamie, can you say that again? Can you say that name again? Just in your sexy low husky voice. Seven, uh, oh. Uh, Siete treinta cinco de la mañana, which is seven thirty-five in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's like six minutes long, like a minute and a half of it is uh, is credits. Um, it's really fun. It's it, it's weird. It's irreverent. Uh, I'd recommend watching it. Uh, I had fun watching it. Uh, so with that, dear Alexander, that is uh, as you were trying to say, blanks bank for another week. Uh, what can our dear listeners do between now and next week when I'm trying to find? Oh, I know what we're watching. Uh, and I believe, Alexander, we will have a special guest on next week, will we not? Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. You loved Oceans 11 through 13. But now we go back in time, but also forward in time, to the confusingly named Oceans 8. And we will be joined by, I believe, someone who we made a promise oh, to oh yeah. be joined yeah, by. We're going to be joined by uh, one a Little Miss, uh, Ms. Uh, Alyssa Music. Uh, who is going <laughs> to tell me how wrong I am about my opinions on this movie? Oh, uh, oh, Ale- Alexander! What? Alexander! What? Uh, I, I have to, I have to zone in on a moment there. Um, you, I believe, called your girlfriend Miss, and then corrected yourself to Ms, yeah. the one that famously tries to hide whether they are married or not. Oh no! No, I just, I'm wondering what has happened. No, no, we haven't secretly got married. Don't worry, Jamie. That would, I would not do that to you. I don't lie on this podcast. I'm not out here claiming I don't have coronavirus, and then I secretly do have coronavirus all along. Uh, no, uh, I, I was just, you know, using it as a, you know, she's not ten. Uh, so, just, you know, Ms. Watson. <laughs> um. Okay. Um, so, yes, we will be joined by your girlfriend, perhaps wife, Alyssa <laughs> <laughs> Music, perhaps Gillespie, um, next week. Or perhaps Music Gillespie. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, you're, you're going to take each other's name. Or maybe just Music. You're going to take her name. Who knows? We're very progressive on this podcast. <laughs> you um, might not be able to uh, tell. We'll say the word problematic. Uh, last, time, last time she was on the podcast uh, when we reviewed one of her favorite yeah. movies, um, it was the most uncomfortable experience of my life. 
So I'm very excited for it to happen again uh, because I'm fairly sure it caused the domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us next week uh, for all that good uh, hilarious fun uh, Alexander in the meantime what can they do guys of course you can go out you can spread the word that's right download every single episode five times I dare you to do it do it do it do it motherfucker uh, I know it might take up a lot of your data so you know make sure you have unlimited data beforehand that's right I want you to go out upgrade your data package to unlimited data so you can just download all the podcasts as much as humanly possible if that doesn't work go into work as long as it's doable and you know, reasonable in your society download every single episode motherfuckers preach the word go out talk about uh, Anne Hathaway say hey Hey, maybe Anne Hathaway can do some better movies, all right? Let's get a campaign going on. Hashtag Anne Hathaway... No, Hathaway better movies. I don't know. Something like that, all right? Anne Hathaway That's deserves better. better. Let's get Anne Hathaway a second Oscar, a third Oscar. She could have been this generation's Meryl Street, all right? I feel... Oh, wait, we should probably throw the Devil West Prada in terms of films, which are good. Uh, but yeah, just preach the word. Download the episodes. Have a go back. You know, re-listen to some of the older ones. It's a good time. Maybe go back and re-listen to all of the Tom Hanks episodes, if you could. All right, love you lots, guys. Enjoy that. Listen to Jamie's husky voice walk you out. Oh, from me, Jamie, and my COVID-ravaged voice, and my co-host, and very healthy, and perhaps married, Al. That is one more app in the bank! Jamie, will you do me the honor of being my podcast host? Oh, no, because I want to be your best man. We've been over wow. this. I will, I wow. Will. Wow. Savage. <laughs> oh, oh, my heart. Are you hot? Oh. Blank spank. <laughs> <laughs>